1: And girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Steady Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk,
2: the All-American. And yes, sir. It's Dan. Pale!
3: Hey, Pale. And uh, no, he killed me when he go, hey boo-boo. Go stick <laughs> on the <some> chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if
1: y'all don't know we talking about. Shout out to the homie Desi uh, Banks, hilarious dog, comedian Desi Banks. Y'all follow him, dog. Hey, do, do the fool, man. What's up? Nice intro, Dan.
2: Hey, what's going on? Hey, bro, I'm living the dream. Another another good week. Up, I got to hang out our boy Shannon Snell on uh, on Saturday. We got to speak at yeah. the County Gator Club. Yeah, Dude, hung out. Hung out heavy. He's a good dude. Uh, got to catch up with him, learn a little bit more about his life and everything that he's been doing uh, since the NFL. Got to tell some stories of uh, some guys that he played uh, ball with, but it's good to hang out with him for, gosh, we hung out six, seven hours on uh, on Saturday.
1: That was dope. It was, you said it was Pinellas County?
2: Yeah, yeah, Pinellas County Gator Club. So shout out to them. They reached out to, uh, to Shannon and I, gosh, probably six weeks, seven weeks ago, and said, hey, we want you to speak, and uh, went out there. It's probably... 50 60, uh, 50, 60 folks out there. They gave out to some scholarships to some folks that are gonna enroll at UF here soon. And then got to speak to them. They had all sorts of questions about all the stuff that you'd think. Matt Baker, Kadarius Tony, Felipe Franks, uh, Brenton Cox. It was a good time out there. It was out in Gate, our uh, place called Gators, up in uh, Treasure Island. So shout out to them, and uh, really appreciate the uh, the time to speak with you guys.
3: What you do this weekend, Black? It's like all of us have some shit going on. What you did, Black? Yeah, man, I, I rode down to, uh I had to pick up my daughter uh in St. Pete. So I was in St. Pete for a minute. Um, shot over to Lakeland, um, uh, you know, hung out with my little brother, uh, my to parents. The trip, huh? Yeah, my parents was uh up in Georgia, but they came back back to the house uh right before I, I drove back to uh, Gainesville. So man, we just hung out and uh, enjoyed each other company, man. And it's always good to, to get with the family. I'm, I'm very family oriented, so no, we just hung Already.
1: out. Yeah, same thing, man. I kicked it with some um it was a friend of mine, but he's like a brother to me, man. We've been friends since sixth grade. My boy Shamarcus, we, we kicked it down for his uh, old lady's B-Day. Went down to Miami. He had a limo. He had the, the, the dinner at Shooters. Uh, went to nightclubs. Everything pretty much free, bro. He took care of everything. We just showed up and had a good-ass time. So, shout-out to, to my dog Shamarcus and his old lady and their birthday and whatnot, that's all I did. Just kicked it, and after that I was back to school shenanigans. Dog, so
3: <laughs> yeah, bro. You got through that okay? Your first, your first day
1: back. First day back this morning was a little rough, man. <clears throat> um, getting out, getting out the house at least. You know what I'm saying? Then? But once the traffic wasn't bad, I got a good jump on, on on traffic. So traffic wasn't bad. Kids ain't really dealing with me in the pictures and whatnot. But other than that, everything was smooth.
3: Oh yeah, my mom my mom definitely uh called me and the wife and stressing pictures. Uh, she mm-hmm. she called us individually actually, uh, to, to ask about <laughs> these pictures. So I know it kind of it was kinda a big deal when she called her and me um to ask us separately where the pictures were. So um mom, my bad. I'm gonna have a picture. Uh, <laughs> Not a second day.
2: <laughs> right. Just, just take them tomorrow and just pretend. You know and <laughs> I'm saying, oh, I'm, yeah, forgot. I'm gonna
3: tell. I had to get them bitches developed. Yeah, and it's social <laughs> media. Right. And it's social They're media. They're still in Eckers, area Mom. We'll we get them. It. Yeah, I got Eckers will pick them bitches up, man. <laughs>
1: we we live in a social first time. We live in a social media era, bro. Like that—that's the tradition. The tweet or post on Instagram. Wow. The kid's
3: first the whole, day, the whole timeline was just like. Yeah. The whole time I was like, "Kids, dog." I'm like, "Who kid is this?" Who kid? <laughs> at one point I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna try to not look at the name and look at the kid and try to see the tattoo kids. it is." Yeah, okay. bro. So I was like, I "Like that game?" Yeah, I was. I was hanging out today, man.
1: That's what's up. Y'all trying to see who looked like who and who may not be the dad of, of which kids and shit, dog. So yeah, I was, man. <laughs> I'm trying to
3: tell you. <laughs> uh,
2: cool. Oh, I gotta tweet that. Hey, uh, I got to. Uh, I also hung out with. uh Eric Wilber, who was on the show last week, and TJ on Friday, and their wives. So we had a good time on uh, on Friday night, and they're pouring back some drinks heavy. They're having a good old time. Where
3: where'd you guys go?
2: Some place here in Tampa, uh, some Italian steakhouse. We all got uh, we all got steak, and we. We spent far too much time talking about shenanigans of of our time back at UF. TJ felt uh, a little left out at that point, but uh, but hanging out well, man. He uh, that's the <laughs> first time I got to hang out. I've met his wife a few times before. That's the first time we really hung out with her. So uh, she's so much better than he is. It's not even funny. So TJ, don't mess that one up, bud. Same with Eric too. Ali's Ali's somewhat better than Eric. Eric's a cool dude, but but Allie's legit. Okay. Okay. Sound like
3: sound like a great weekend we all had, man. Already,
1: oh, But, uh, and some quick news is going to get this out of the way. Miami announced a quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, University of Miami and coach Diaz put out today that Jaron Williams is going to be QB one. So mm-hmm. it's going to be quite the, the scene as far as a locker room shenanigans, but let's, yeah. let's talk about him as a quarterback and matchup.
2: Yeah, before we do that, obviously Tate Martell transferred from Ohio State to play, and then Nikosi Perry, who started last year, uh, are both going to be backing him up. But uh, Andrew Ivins just reported that Tate Martell didn't practice on Monday, uh, so that's interesting and uh, and something worth going to uh, worth watching. Who who, who reported that? Andrew Ivans. Yeah, wow. he said. Tate Martell's not gonna be there. And then I sent you guys the uh, a picture in our DM of their long snapper with Tate Martell's uh, nameplate on the ground, so I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but but he didn't transfer from Ohio State to Miami to not play, so it's something oh, to be man. watching out for.
3: This is crazy. This is like a soap opera.
4: All I right. mean,
1: it's predictable. I mean, we've been there, we've been there before. You feel me? Yeah. And I don't think I don't think the QB transfers is done. I, I think if Jaron nails that job and he's the guy and he's not getting benched and whatnot, I think Coachy leaves too. It's Jacoby, it, it's Jacoby Brissett, Driscoll all over again. And we live this life, fellas. Both of those guys got uh, uh, dreams of going to the NFL. There's no way either one of them sits on the bench. So one of them is going to leave this year. Oh, uh, I'm I'm saying, saying, like, I
3: don't know. I, yeah, you're right. It just depends I on the situation. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean,
1: no, no, we were recruited by that offensive coordinator. You said you feel me. So there's, uh, it was already Jaron Williams almost transferred back in January. There was rumors of him going to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He was about to leave. You know what I'm saying? They had to come back and 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 kind of recruit him back into the fold because the offensive coordinator they got coming and they didn't recruit him. They didn't have a relationship with him. So naturally, those guys are already iffy about the situation. I right. think, right. in my opinion, Kosy wants to go to the NFL, dog. You, you know what I'm saying? I think he believes in himself. Mm-hmm. I don't see him sitting behind Jaron, in, 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 in the spotlight. You know what I'm saying? Jaron's in the spotlight. And he's the guy. I don't. he's not that type of dude. He's not going to sit there.
2: Right, you know and he Jaron Williams is. Is I don't think he played enough last year, so he's probably a redshirt freshman this year. So you have to imagine that if he's the starter and he does okay, that you've got at least two more seasons with him. Perry's not going to sit around and wait for that, and then obviously Tate Martell has already showed that he's not going to sit around and wait for that. So. The fear of losing either one of them has is, is got to be a scary uh, position for them to be in. And I thought from the beginning that they would put Tate Martell in just because there's so many questions on the offensive line. Tate Martell is obviously a lot more mobile than Jaron Williams. I I think that Jaron Williams is a fine player. I know that UF was looking at him uh, right around the time that they uh, Matt Corral was on the fritz before uh, Emory Jones came on board. But I'm not sure that he can run the spread offense the way that Miami thinks they're going to run the spread. So I'm very curious to see how that offense actually shakes out.
3: It's it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that's for sure. That's
1: for sure. He brings the – Different dynamic to the game for Jaron Williams. He has the the best arm of the three. I wouldn't even say that I think Kosey has the better arm, but Kosey doesn't make good the, the decisions. I think Jaron's probably just as good as a passer. I I put them in, I put them equal as a passer, but Jaron has no legs. He's not mobile. There's really no threat to run. I don't think he's faster than any of our linebackers, not even Reese. So he's not really a threat to run. So I think Martell was the 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 last glimmer of hope of. Just running around when, when our defense breaks down, scrambling, and trying to make something happen that way. But they're not going to line up in a tight end set in a Dan Eno's offense with a freshman quarterback that's never played live ball against SEC defense. They're not going to line up with that and beat us. Anybody think that? They're on, on serious drugs.
2: And I, and he's not, a, he's not a big guy. I mean, he's 6'2", 210 pounds. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a lot of pressure to put on him for a guy that I think threw three passes all the last year. So, uh, I'm not really sure. I, I know that he's got some good, he's got a good skill set, but that's a lot to, to throw on, on a guy with, with not a ton of mobility with, you know, if Florida is able to, to penetrate and obviously, uh, Todd Grantham loves, uh, to, to blitz and, and throw, you know, engage eight or about close to it as you can. Uh, there's a lot of pressure that's going to be on him immediately. And I wouldn't be surprised if Grantham with a very experienced defense doesn't ramp that up, especially in the first half of that game.
3: Yep. I'm here for I know, all of that. I know I know one thing for sure. I, th- I saw uh, Brandon Spikes uh, tweet something about a freshman quarterback. And I know, man, we used to pin our ears back with a freshman quarterback. You know, when you think about a freshman quarterback coming in the game, all the things that he has to Think about and do and and go through before the 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 play even starts, and we've seen that know, too. Yeah, you, Frank's. Yeah, so so you know it, it's it's a lot that goes into it, and then plus you got an offensive line. So you know, not not shit talking those guys, nothing like that. It's just gonna be tough. It's, it's a tough situation to, to try to overcome.
1: You know, we've seen like, all the, everything they're going through. Them in Florida State, we've seen all of this before, bro. We've seen Frank's come out against. Uh, uh, we had hope because of his recruiting and. and Hoping this guy can come out and be the next guy. But it was a bad matchup for him to start against Michigan. It was a bad idea. And this is going to be a bad idea as well because this ain't the matchup you want for your first career game, bro. Or your first career uh, coaching job. A coaching Mm -hmm. game. Either way, you don't want this to be your first one. A mad Dan Mullen. But we had – segue this over to some some, some more Gator stuff. We had my man Noah Banks announce his retirement from football for health reasons. Break it down for us, Dan.
2: Yeah, he came back a couple weeks ago. Uh, He's been a guy that that when in his... I guess retirement note if you will uh, said that he's been dealing with seizures for the past 7 or 8 years now and uh, he was having some seizures right before the uh, the bowl game against Michigan so he sat out that game sat out all the spring and then a couple weeks ago announced that he was going to come back and unfortunately it just doesn't look like it's uh, in the cards long term for him and so we're uh, you know we've got our, our prayers to him and, and his family as he takes this time to obviously put himself in the best position uh, possible for his long term health and sustainability uh, obviously Florida was excited to welcome him back because he's a guy that played I think in 12 games last year obviously a good player to have especially for depth reasons. Uh, the one thing that um, you know that I noted on Twitter is that this is the fourth uh, player that Florida's had over the last three years that's had to retire that we know about for medical reasons so uh, James Robinson and Randy Russell retired uh, before uh, the start of their freshman years and then you had Nick Smith who uh, retired I think after his was either redshirt freshman year or redshirt sophomore year but all four of them are still listed on the roster. It looks like all four of them are still going to have lockers. All four of them are still around the team, so uh, I think that that's a very noble thing that Florida's doing. But uh, it's it's sad to to see him go. But uh, definitely uh, wish him, uh, you know, long term health success and uh, you know realizing that there's there's bigger things in life than than football.
1: Yeah, definitely, especially when it's come with like heart issues and health issues. It's a game, man. It's, it's other ways to make money. It's other ways to to have a career and live a happy life and be around football. You get to coach, whatever his his desires is, he can chase those things, dog. But you can't. I won't be risking my life for the game, man. So shout out to him for just you know what I'm saying like shutting it down and, and being a man about it, bro. It ain't, it ain't easy to do. It. Obviously, he kept trying for a reason because he loved the game, dog. But sometimes you gotta do what's best for your body and health.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, hey Black,
1: y'all have anybody go through anything like that
3: they get that issue while you were playing uh I don't I don't re- recall uh um, any, any medical hardships like people yeah did, I don't I, yeah I don't I don't I don't think I, right offhand I, don't, I can't remember gotcha uh, yeah that's something new to me I, I'm, I'm not sure no nah, it's all good man
1: uh also we had John huggins in that situation we spoke about last week uh, it was brought up so uh John huggins was dismissed dismissed by the University of Florida hold on
2: yeah, uh, again, um, something that we talked about uh, on the show. And we're going to talk to uh, to Matt Baker uh, a little bit later in this show uh, as well about it. But uh, Huggins, who uh, was going through some stuff that was away from the team, uh, according to Dan Mullen for some family things, um, was announced uh, – was it yesterday or on Saturday, pardon me, on Saturday, that uh, that he's no longer a part of the team. And, and he's had some notes out on uh, add on Twitter that he's going to, you know, look out for him, that God's got his back. But uh, but Florida released him, and Dan Mullen said today that he just wasn't living up to the Gator standard. So he's going to be moving on, and that makes that backfield that was already uh, a little thin, uh, uh, mm-hmm. even thinner.
1: Yeah, it's definitely thin, dog. Um, we needed Huggins for the long term. I wasn't worried about him game one. But just for the season and, and- Attrition, rotating guys, and just having those good like he, he was a good player. You know what I'm saying? Um, we'll talk about other things that got into it, but just from the plan standpoint, yeah, he's a big loss.
3: Uh, for this, on, on, for the season outlook, black, yeah, for sure. Uh, it definitely brings depth to our, our secondary. Uh, we, we, you know we need all the depth we could possibly get with CJ McWilliams getting hurt. Uh, you know that, that definitely thins us out a bit. Uh, over the past few years, uh, you know it's been a kind of a trend. Uh, with Florida, you know, with the thin secondary, uh, you know, it, the numbers fluctuate; they go up and down. Um, I just think, uh, you know, we, we just need a strong class to bring them back. Um, we definitely got ballers, you know, re- regardless of how thin our class or er, our secondary is. You know, everybody back there, I got, I got you know full confidence in um, that, that they they can go out of there and make a play. Already,
1: so let's, let's. I mean, you got any more before we get Matt Baker on here and get real?
3: No,
2: I'm excited about this interview.
1: All right,
3: let's try fellas. First day I'm interview this guy.
0: <laughs> you have now arrived at Stadium and Gale.
2: First time on Stadium and Gale, we've got Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, man. Well, obviously, your name has kind of been the talk of the town amongst uh, Gator Nation for probably the better part of the last week. So um, I guess, Matt, talk to us a little bit about uh, last week's press conference and, and kind of what prompted your uh, your question that got uh, Gator Nation all riled up.
4: Yeah, so I didn't expect it uh, to go quite as, as big as it did, certainly in, in some circles, but in Huggins... Um, status on the team has been kind of one of the bigger questions, I think, surrounding the Gators, um, to some degree, at least uh, among those of us who cover the beat, um, just because no one knew quite what was going on. I mean, I I started hearing something around SEC media days, which is why I asked Dan about it uh, when we got to him. He said, you know, status is the same as everybody else, He's getting ready for the season and taking classes. And then uh, it's kind of the uncertainty continued when he wasn't at the first start of camp and then still wasn't there. and so we've been asking them about it periodically. Um, the, the difference last week is we had something, a little bit of new information that was old information in a, in a way, um, because as me and other people were asking questions, we kind of did what reporters do, which is ask to see if there's any police reports. And lo and behold, there was something from October where he was accused of uh, putting his arms around the neck of a female teenager uh, there, and that was new information. So I had to ask Dan about it to see if there was any correlation between the two his his current absence or current absence at the time um, and, and that incident from the past um, because there are certainly scenarios where it could have been you know we know from the police report that the woman declined to press charges but maybe in since October she's changed her mind and that could have reopened the case or something like that so I, I asked about that and then the other thing that I think kind of set some people off was me tying that piece of information with the four other incidents of, uh, or four other individuals involved with the UF program, three other players, and, and then the one support staffer who had, had allegations of domestic violence or um, violence against women or threatening violence against women in a ten-month span or something like that. But to me, I think that was a, a totally a fair, valid question to see what was going on and what he was doing about it.
2: Yeah, and so do you think, and I guess your, your line of question then kind of opened up Pandora's box of a lot of people um, you know, kind of casting aspersions at you and then just ultimately leading to a, a discussion about, do you think that this is kind of a cultural problem that Florida's going through? Do you feel like these are some some isolated incidents? Do you think that, that Florida has a, a lack of kind of legal oversight over, over some of these in, uh, instances?
4: That's a really good question, and I don't have really good concrete answers for you right now um here's what i do know is i've been covering this game and this sport long enough to know that five individuals accused of six collective cases of violence against women are threatening violence against violence against women mm-hmm. in a 10 11 month span is a lot that's a lot i mean sure there. every case is different every individual is different they should all be treated individually on their own but if i you know I, that's just a lot And if I were the head coach and I was seeing that, I would be asking some serious questions. Mm -hmm. What am I doing explicitly, implicitly, whatever that is creating this? And what do I need to be doing more of? And the answer could be more education.
5: Sure. After
4: the first or second time, something like this comes up. I need to make it clear to my kids: this is what you do, this is what you don't do. Maybe I need to bring in guests like a Brenda Tracy or someone from the police department or a victim's advocate from the hospital or whatever <laughs> it is to come in and say, "Here's, here's why this is such a really, really bad thing."
1: Sure, um, you know if they did. I'm yeah, not... Quick question, quick question: Do you know if they did do those things? Did you, did you do any research to find out if they did any, any of those things when? That's, when, when, when...
4: That's, that's why I asked Dan: What are you doing about it?
1: Well if you follow the, the gate of social media on the on the social media page, the football page, that alone I've seen guys people come on and speak to the team about violence against women and things of that nature. So those things are out there, but go ahead. Go ahead and finish up.
4: Well, yeah, that's exactly why I asked him to give him the opportunity to say this is what this is specifically what we've done. And yeah. I would ask whether he needs to do more or whether he thinks he needs to do more. I'm not so, saying he does or doesn't. But if it were me, I would ha- I would be asking that. And then the, yeah. the, to the, to finish up, the one other thing that I would be asking, if so I were in his shoes, four of the five individuals that were accused of these things were people that he brought on, either that he recruited or, mm-hmm. in the case of the support staff that he hired. So is there something he's doing or not doing in a vetting process that could have weeded some of these things out? That's another yeah. question that I would be asking myself because, you know, what's the old thing in college football? You recruit your own problems, right? Mm-hmm. So... I, I, again, I don't know what all he knew, what all he didn't know beforehand, but that's the question I would be asking are there warning signs that I missed that I could have prevented some of this, or is this just a case of a series of isolated incidents that I couldn't have predicted?
2: Yeah. And I know that you mentioned that you weren't sure what Dan Mullen ha- hasn't done, but the one thing that we do know is that all five, well, all four players and then the one coach that were, you know, accused are no longer with the program, uh, and none of them have actually and i know that justin watkins might have a a pending legal matter but none of them had had charges filed through them through the the legal system do you feel like that's enough not enough um that's like I said that's the one thing that we do know that that dan mullen has done with all five of those involved
4: so it kind of depends on what your definition of charges is here because uh brian edwards was arrested otis delverton was arrested justin
5: watkins
4: was arrested Sure. And then, and then the other two, in both cases, or, you know, the, those two individuals, we know that both or all three women involved declined to pursue criminal charges. You're sure. So to me, does that mean they were arrested or charged? No, it would certainly does not. Yeah. But we have to kind of view that in mind, too. And the other aspect of this is we don't know what happened behind the scenes at the university level, um, because the University of Florida and all other institutions are required by law to investigate instances like this under Title IX. Sure. Um, so we don't know what they found out or didn't find out in terms of what happened. So that's another question that I have um, in, in terms of just again arresting and charging is one thing, but there's also sure. a university level where the standard is a little bit different that we sure. have to keep in mind here too.
2: But but all five are gone from the program currently, correct? Correct. Is there anything else that you would have wanted Florida to do beyond that, or is that you know once you? Go through your proper legal channels, your proper Title IX channels, and then determine if they're going to be with the program or not. Is there anything more that Dan Mullen and his staff or the university could have done differently
4: after these incidents happened? Yeah, prob- I mean, we could, we could, perhaps. I mean, yeah. I, it, my opinion doesn't really matter here. I, yeah. I'm not, you know, Dan, Dan doesn't answer It absolutely me. does I'm matter. You wrote articles down down. about it. Your yeah. article
1: was very. So hold on, hold on. Hold on. Your, your article was very opinionated. So I think your opinion does matter. No, um,
4: no my my, uh, my article, yeah. it wasn't opinionated at all. I don't, I don't think I was stating that this was the fifth instance of, you know, fifth uh, individual involved. I don't think that it was particularly opinionated. Well, calling it a
1: culture problem is it is definitely an opinion. First of all, I didn't. Second of I all, I don't
4: believe I. Uh, hold on, hold on. I don't believe I used the word culture problem in there
1: at all. You mentioned culture, domestic violence.
4: I'm gonna pull, go ahead and keep talking I'm gonna see if word okay. culture appears in but please
1: continue. well you say they have a domestic violence issue but second of all Dan money is required to do certain things about the law when these things happen so is the University of Florida once these kids get on campus it's not like just Dan mother recruited these kids the whole country recruited these kids these kids were covered by a lot of kids and in, and in, 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 um and these kids in these schools warning them so it's not like Dan just picked these kids that nobody wanted and they had issues. No, these kids will cover the kids and kids are gonna make mistakes. But once these kids make mistakes, whether it be domestic violence, whether it be drugs, or whatever it has, the school has a duty to do those to, to take care of those problems and, and do and do what's fair. And Dan Mullen, University of Florida has done both of those. Am I am I wrong? So or I'm, gonna, right?
4: I'm gonna pause you right there because the cultural problem, culture does not appear in my story at all. So my, I did not state an opinion on that matter. You are incorrect.
1: Okay, I'll, Let me pull the uh, so, so, like harder crop.
2: So, so, Matt, I, I, and I, and I, I, don't necessarily want to pile on. I'm just, I'm curious. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, what what Dan Mullen should do, and, um, you know, that there's a lot of accusations, there's a few arrests. Do you fear a society, or, or definitely in in sports, a society where, where we're assuming that people are guilty before proven innocent or innocent until proven guilty.
4: Do I fear um that's a good question. I mean certainly here's what I do think is schools have the obligation to look under these to look into all of these things. And I also think that playing football is a privilege and not a right. Um, you know, like one of the questions that you guys asked was kind of should it anything have been done differently? I still have questions about why Dylan Jones played in the spring game um, and then was suspended the Monday afterward. You know, US has kind of said that they were going through their process and the process took a little bit of time. Um, but again, does that require that he was able to play in the spring game a week after being accused of sexual battery by two different women 30 minutes apart? I, I don't know whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I think one, one question, too. Now, it is certainly, as you have to point out, fair to point out that all five individuals are no longer there. It's a question of um, kind of the optics of how some of them left, too, um, because some of them announced they were transferring, so I think there could be a little bit of ambiguity one way or the other. Did they transfer? Or were they dismissed? And to me, that's where Huggins is different, because U.S. made it quite clear that Huggins was dismissed. There's no he was transferring. I quit. your fire. There's no dispute about that. This is 100% what happened, that he was dismissed. And to me, that's a little bit different than the others, and they're making a little bit of a stronger statement there.
2: Okay, and so... I, go ahead, Carson.
1: Well, My opinion in that is, like, if the kid's leaving, it's, it's not... They don't have to make a public display of anything to prove anything to anybody. I mean, most of the stuff these kids go through is private anyway, and they can't display it. So if they tell the kid, it's a meeting between them and the kid, and say, hey... I think it's time to move on, and the kid does that in a way where the school don't announce a dismissal. I don't see a problem with that. Most of the stuff these kids are going through, as we know now, is private anyway. Sure.
4: Again, the school can do whatever it wants. My opinion is completely irrelevant, but if there's an open question of whether the U.S. is doing enough about this, they can certainly set the standard and set the expectation that this is not acceptable by going out and saying, this is not acceptable, this guy is dismissed. Again, but, but if, if, you're, if you're raising but- the issue of... A culture problem or anything like that if you want to address that that's one way to do it
1: to make no, no bones about good.
4: it this is unacceptable they're gone
1: no school does that though any school in the country doing that so, matt, my, make it, my, my question my question yeah. matt
3: to you, matt, to you hold, is, oh no, hold, on, hold on hold on hold on hold on black
1: who give me an example
4: miami for example when when players are dismissed from miami we get a press release about it that happens because my, when, I mean, saying, no, hold, time hold time on, hold on, I mean, I mean, about, in the past, what
1: do you mean? Right. No, hold, exactly, hold on, hold on. No, explain to me when a school has came out and said that they did not accept what happened between a, a woman and a male, and a, like a rape accusation, anything like that, or violence, and they made a, a press statement about it and came out. I'd like, like to
4: know that information. Again, players get dismissed from programs mm. routinely, and sometimes it is announced through press release.
1: No, we're not talking about just a general dismissal. We're talking about yeah. You, you want you want to do something specific addressed on, on a press release. They, they don't you, they,
4: they don't have to say specifically why. They can say a violation well, every, of team rules and, and put it like that. Heck, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one example. Uh, when DeAndre Porter was dismissed from the Gators, U.S. announced that, and that was after he was arrested uh, for I can't remember all the details, but there was a a gun and uh, I believe it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just say there was a, a gun involved in a woman. So there's one sure. example.
1: Yeah, which is cool. Kids do it. Do, do, schools do dismissals. But that's not that's not average and normal protocol for schools to make an announcement about kids being dismissed. Sometimes kids, they just, kids just hit the transfer portal and that's it. But there's no official release that Florida should have done. I think the best thing for Florida, I think not, did the I'm best not, thing in this I'm situation saying, is get the kid off of campus. I'm not that's saying that.
4: they should have done. I'm saying they could have done. And if the question is you guys were asking what they could have done, and and if there is something with a, a cultural issue, a bigger issue, then that is one thing that they could do. So I guess yeah, my nobody does that to,
2: though. To to follow up with that is is when, um, and I know that you say that your opinion doesn't really matter, but I'm curious to know when your opinion is it when charges are filed, when they're criminally convicted, when they are found in violation of Title IX? At what point do you think that
4: Florida should
2: make that announcement or or announce that dismissal?
4: Again, my opinion doesn't matter. Well, I, no, I mean, like let's I, I just assume I that it does.
2: Because, well, I mean, the Tampa Bay Times. I read your stuff every, you know, every week. Your opinion does matter, and that's why you write for the Tampa Bay Times. You know, let's just put yourself, you know, in a situation where where we say, hey, Matt, this is kind of your decision to make. You know, Florida has dismissed, you know, all five people that were associated with, you know, sexual misconduct under Dan Mullen. There does not seem to be, uh, at, at least from, you know, investigation too much differently that they could have done um, but so let's just put it in your situation or you know in your opinion when do you think that that announcement should be made because I guess it goes back to my fears that we're just assuming that because there's an accusation that there's immediate guilt and so I just don't know I'm when
4: certainly, I, I'm certainly not assuming guilt or anything but if your point is that you have dealt with all five of these cases and dismissed them then I think at a certain point too, it, it behooves the university to announce that these are dismissals and make, again, make allow for no ambiguity. This is what happened. This is gone. Or, or sometimes you don't even have to say this is what happened. But but, but if but if chart, with but the if Brian Edwards are... situation, with the Brian Edwards situation, we know there was an arrest. Right. With, with the Jalen Jones situation, we we knew what what happened. Uh, you know, I reported the police reports. in Brian Edwards So. Well, what was on um, Oh no,
1: bad question. Go ahead. I have. But question but it, but Wait but on. if
2: the if the charges are then subsequently never filed or dropped, mm. then are we still to assume that that Florida should dismiss these players because there was an accusation? I guess that's that's my
4: my my biggest question. Yeah, I, I get your question, but it, and it really depends. Um, the, what's the old saying in legal circles? There's a, a big difference between not guilty and innocent. Um, sure. So. I think it depends on that. It depends on, you know, again, the the standard of proof that is necessary, uh, and, and the court it would be uh, beyond reasonable doubt. But that right. doesn't necessarily have to be the standard for a football team. That doesn't and isn't the standard for a university with these type of things. So again, it just kind of depends on this, on the situation as to, to what they, they found out and what they didn't. And, you know, certainly in a, in a legal situation. Uh, A woman can decline to pursue charges or Mm -hmm. decline to continue a criminal case for any number of reasons, but that doesn't change what she told the cops on the first night. It changes whether they could uh, take this case to a jury trial or to a judge trial or anything like that, but it doesn't necessarily change whether what U.S. thinks happened or didn't happen and what they can do accordingly.
2: Sure, but, but you would argue, and I know that you've you've also followed things outside of sports, you know, when it deals with pertaining to legal matters, but you would also know that somebody filing a report and then the police having enough information to actually act on those charges are two very different things, right? Absolutely. Okay. And, and so I guess that's, that's what we ultimately boil down to, I guess, my biggest question that I have um, for you is kind of what standard do you feel is fair to hold Dan Mullen to um, regarding a legal response to any sort of misconduct um, in his program, because it doesn't seem like waiting is appropriate. Uh, according to a a lot of the media or, you know, certainly folks like Brenda Tracy, who you mentioned earlier. Um, And it doesn't seem like acting right away is is fair to a player. So I just want to know, you know, as we are expecting, you know, I would imagine there's going to be at least one future legal matter at some point before I die at the University of Florida, kind of what's that, that standard that we should immediately, you know, hold everything to. Do we need to wait and wait for more information or should we cast guilt first and then hopes that that innocence comes out or or kind of where's that middle ground?
4: I think the middle ground to a large degree is it depends. I mean, I I think in some ways, if there's a report that is filed and is clearly faulty and clearly flawed, then you don't necessarily have to do anything. Um, Certainly one option is to suspend someone as soon as it, as it happens, or as soon as you find enough to know that this, Seems but it does
2: It does seem like Florida possible. did that, though, right? I mean, outside of Jalen Jones, and you could argue that Florida's still investigating, and it was just spring game. I mean, frankly, you it know, doesn't matter too much in the grand scheme of things. But you can assume that Florida has suspended players almost immediately. Not, yeah, they announced five games filed, for Huggins.
4: Right? Yeah, the Huggins. Yeah, five games was for the Huggins. Sure. You can absolutely argue that. Yeah. But you asked me what I would do, and I answer. I mean, yeah. I want to make this clear. I'm not... I think a lot of people think that I think U.S. did really bad things and, and, and erred and this, that, and the other. But again, I never wrote that. I never used the word cultural problem or anything like that. My question well, you insinuated
1: is, it. I mean, th- to add all five, the other ones on to, to what uh, just happened with her, you, you insinuated it. Okay, but, you just, but act you, like you, you just act like I said. It was crazy for me to say there was a cult- you said it was a cultural problem. The way you worded it, you definitely did. You added all those together and insinuated there was a cultural problem.
4: No, I don't think I did. I think it's important to view one you instance say how is it not? in the gr- I think it's important to view one instance in the context of the whole and say, okay, <laughs> what's the issue here? Or is there an issue here? And especially we can get into the journalistic stuff or, or probably can it's because of time, but that's kind of what I wanted to do. And again, if there's five instances or five individuals with six instances in ten or eleven months, I think it is a good it's important to look and say, What did they do? What did they do right? What did they not do right? What could they do differently? And for the people there at the university, to start discussing that or to continue
2: discussing that. So, but then all of that would be a cultural problem, right? I mean, because if you want the university to discuss or if you want the coaching staff to discuss, hey, we have all of these instances, then you would say, hey, then maybe we need to look back at ourselves, which would then be maybe look at our culture, right?
4: I wouldn't necessarily put it that way. I mean, I would hope if anything goes on at any time, they would be, and I'm sure Dan would agree, you're looking at are we teaching people the right way be that on the football field or anything else it's a constant evolution right to be Mm -hmm. discussing what you're looking at and what you're doing and that's why i think it was important to put the one in the context of everything else
2: do you feel like den mullen has done everything that that he can do uh regarding sexual violence against women on his football program and, and the way that the university and the team have reacted to those charges
4: I, I can't answer that because I don't know everything mm-hmm. that he's done. But but like I said, when if it were me, and I mm-hmm. was bringing, you know, and I brought in four people in the span of uh, 10, 11 months who had been accused of these things, I would be questioning, what did I do? What did I not do? Were there warning signs that I missed? Mm-hmm. Did I intentionally look the other way because of talent? Again, I'm I'm not saying anything. I'm asking questions that I would be asking, just as if you're missing out on Offensive line recruits, for for one reason or another, they're not developing the right way. What are you doing missing, guys? Is mm-hmm. it You were looking at one body type instead of another. Any of that type of stuff. Those are the questions that I would be asking, for sure.
1: Here's, here's my question. Do you think the school also uh, has a duty towards the students to not give up on them and quit? If if it's questionable, it's a little foggy, do you think the school has a, a, a certain uh, responsibility for loyalty and, and to develop the young man? Because that's what all this is about, is changing lives. So do you think they have a responsibility in that as well, or they should just cut bait and let him figure out life?
4: I think it depends on the accusation and depends on uh, the facts of the case. I mean, I, I think generally speaking, I agree with second, with the idea of giving people second chances. But I think we would also agree that, you know, if somebody, if somebody committed murder or something like that, they don't deserve a second chance. So the devil's always in the, the devil's always in the details though. Right. So, I don't Correct. really know how to answer a broad question like that. It just kinda depends on the situation and, and the age. I mean these are yeah. yes, they're they're young adults, but they're also adults who should know right from wrong and in some Correct. cases have been accused of very, 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 very bad things that you
1: know Correct. maybe they so don't maybe they
4: do, maybe they don't. It just
1: depends. I mean you, you answered it how I kinda wanted you to because it does not the details. And I don't think we know all the details like you said before. So if Dan looks at the details of, of some of these kids and try to wait till everything figures itself out and wait the process out and not just quit on a kid, I, I think that's the proper way to do it. And just there's a cancel culture going on with the media, fans, and average people that just want to just cut bait on people. Like 18 and 19 year old kids got to figure it out. If it's a murder or if it was an obvious charge, like like my man Porter or Brian Edwards that they got arrested and it was kind of look look, look kind of funny on paper, then cool. But some of this stuff you can't just cut baits with because I've been 18, 19 years old before, and so have you. We know the the, the, uh, the difference between right and wrong, but we made mistakes. I don't know if he made a mistake. I don't know if it was a he, he, he say, she say situation. And Dan was trying to figure it out and give us some time before he just cut bait on the kid because when you're recruiting him, you're saying these things. We're family. family. Uh, we want to change your life, we want to make you a man. You can't just cut bait on kids soon as something happens. soon as somebody's accused, you can't just cut them off campus. That's my opinion on it. Go ahead, Dan.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a ton more other than, you know, I guess just, like I said, going back, is is my question goes back to, you know, at what point, you know, do we, you know, feel as the media it's important to, you know, Corey, as you said, From muddy or to assume that somebody should get kicked off the team over charges versus, you know, an actual, um, you know, true criminal complaint where, where criminal processing, you know, is going to move forward. That's my biggest thing. That's what, what I struggle the most with is as we try to do, you know, what's best for, for these kids. And as coaching staffs try to do what's best for these kids, um, my biggest struggle is, How quickly do we have to make that decision? And if it's not done immediately, is the media immediately going to, you know, ascribe a situation where Florida just didn't do enough or coaching staff didn't do enough?
4: So my that is is this. It shouldn't matter what I say or what the media says. You should be doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And that means the right thing to do for the kid it means the right thing to do for the program, and it means the right thing to do for the university. You know, if, these, if if some of the allegations there are true and there were people involved with the program who were doing bad things, then they shouldn't be on the university. That's not fair to, you know, Joe student and Jane student for them to be there. So that's kind of right thing is it shouldn't, you know, the, the media's opinion shouldn't be all that important. It should be doing the right thing. Whatever that But means. But
2: if the media... But if the media is the voice of the university and you guys are obviously a lot more plugged in than your average fan is and then you guys are doing a lot of the investigative journalism around the decision making of the program then it then it does matter what the perception is and if you don't know the full reality of the situation which you admitted and that's okay but if we don't know the full reality of the situation isn't it tough to ascribe whether you said it or a lot of the follow up articles said it afterwards to ascribe a cultural program or to a problem or to assume that you know, Florida's coaching staff isn't doing enough if we don't have all of those facts?
4: That's why I choose my words very carefully.
2: Okay. All right. Well, Matt, um, since we have you on the phone, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Florida's program uh, moving forward uh, from a football matter? Um, how do you think they're going to do on the, uh, the the field this season?
4: Yeah, so uh, in my AP my Top 25, um, I'm a voter again this year, which is fantastic privilege uh, i've got them in starting in the top 10 i, I could view anywhere from kind of seven to 12 somewhere in that range um i still think there's a gap between them and georgia and the east uh, you know certainly Ooh. getting that uh, talks the other day getting, finally getting sort of a, a five star um it's something that will help kind of long term if they can start closing that gap but the gap for, for 2019 still exists but i still also think there's a pretty big gap between them and the Tennessee, Kentucky's uh, of the. East. Um, I still think Florida's the best team in the state. I don't think it's particularly close. Um, I, I watched. I had the chance to watch Florida and Miami, both their spring games in person. To me, I, I thought leaving that, is about a ten point, ten points better. Now I, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's probably, you know, probably closer to eight or something. But I still would, would certainly think the uh, the Gators win that opener in Orlando by by a touchdown at least.
2: Perfect. And then where do you think their stumbling blocks are on the know that you just mentioned, Georgia? Uh, do you think that they stumble with anybody else or do you predict them maybe going undefeated un- until that Georgia game?
6: Uh, that's a good question. Um, Georgia is the only
4: kind of, I don't want to call it a for sure loss or anything like that, but Georgia is the strongest L I would, I would pencil in LSU and Auburn are both tricky too, especially LSU. I mean, I think the Tigers, um, I, I think they're a top five team or have top five potential. There's not going to be any defenses in the country that are going to be better than, than, than what they have. So th- those are kind of the tricky ones and, you know, maybe they flip up once or twice in there, but you know, I certainly still think a 10 win season is a realistic, feasible possibility for the Gators.
2: And, and who do you think are, are one of the play- breakout players this year or, or who's, who's not a not household name right now that you think might be towards the end of the season?
4: That's a good question. I'm kind of going through off the top of my head. I'm really interested to see what John Grenard does, the, the defensive line kind of outside linebacker look, um transfer from Louisville. Because a couple of years ago, he was one of the better players on a, a pretty darn good Louisville defense and, and did very well there in the ACC. Obviously got hurt uh, in the opener last year against Bama. The first thing now transferring to the Gators. I think he has a lot of potential, and he's a guy that the Gators are going to be putting on a lot. So I don't know. If that's really kind of a household name yet but I think at the end of the season there's certainly a chance out of here
2: Awesome, awesome. Well Matt we appreciate your time uh, this morning uh, hanging out with us and, and standing in the paint we really appreciate your time and we look forward to having you on um, in the future. We we'll hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week and uh, we'll talk to you soon Yo No, no, no farewell, no goodbyes <laughs> No goodbyes. Uh. Hey, I was waiting on I had one more, bro. I had a
1: good exit one, dog. He got oh, him out man. of here. Yeah. Hey he, man, um obviously, bro, you know what I'm saying? I'm passionate about all this shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Um, probably a little too much, but I'm passionate as fuck about gator football and whatnot, dog. And I just and I'm also, I'm a black man, bro, and I was also a young black man. I made mistakes at that time, but I don't I think we can't just get into this thing of just canceling kids and and, and everybody got this. Opinion about everything that went down with no information. I think some of this shit needs to play out before we just jump on on either the coach's head, the player's head. But people need something to write about.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And like I said, you know, my my line of questioning was was pretty straightforward. And the biggest thing that I have, you know, as a problem with, and it's not only him, and it's not just him, um, but we just described the the notion that because there's a charge. That there's immediate guilt. And if there's not guilt, then there's a cover up or, you know, somebody who is doing something to protect these kids. And I just don't think that that's the case. I think that there's a, a really big, you know, window where there's a, a big investigation. And just because there's a report filed doesn't mean that there's guilt. And ascribing that guilt immediately to me is just, that's a really tough standard. And just because they're on the football team and held to a higher standard doesn't mean that we have to hold them to an impossible standard. And if, and if those charges aren't, you know, set forth or the university does an investigation and says, hey, you know, there's not enough here for us to move forward, or if they do their own investigation to say, hey, this is, you know, not something that we're comfortable with, it seems to me like Florida has done everything that they can do. And I know that he kept saying his opinion doesn't matter, but I feel like it does because he said that he didn't feel like Florida was doing enough, and and I just, I, I, I don't buy that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't give your opinion and then say my opinion don't matter. You, I, I think that's cowardly, you know what I'm saying? Like if somebody's pressing you for an answer about something that's opinionated and clearly you have an opinion about it, I think you should give your opinion. I, can't, I don't think you should write this type of stuff, and then when somebody asks you about it, and say, my opinion doesn't matter. It absolutely does. That's what journalists are all about. You know what I'm saying? Your opinion, mm-hmm. your investigations, and what and what you came to a conclusion with is what you're writing. So you can't just say at the end of the day, I, my opinion doesn't matter. I think it's a little cowardly. Yeah. Ahmad, from a player perspective, uh, being around a team, watching guys get suspended, guys get dismissed, what is it like? Have you seen guys that, that start off as... as screw ups later on fix their career what well, like give us some outlook or some perspective on that bro
3: yeah for sure it, it happens at every school um you know it's, it's a bunch of you know guys 18 through 22 um you know first time away from their parents they they're put so much um you know pressure on these guys and they're put into a, a, a you know a pressure chamber basically um for the sense of you know these these kids are away from their parents like i say for the first time possibly you know ever um, and they're and they're forced to make grown-up decisions to where a we're not teaching these kids about about what decisions to make and how to even be a grown-up before we even stick them out there and somewhat be in the real world um I'm just not too fond of um you know uh, you know seeing the kid uh do things and then we we kind of like throw them out you know into the street you know mm-hmm. not saying that that uh, that's what's happening in this situation um but you know uh, I, I feel like that these kids uh you know should you know of course have consequences, but at the same time you know not throw these kids out on the street and say make them you know basically fend for themselves <clears throat> you know they, we throwing them out on the kids out on the street and um, you know I bet you you know some schools halfway get them try to even help them get into another school they just mm-hmm. throw them out there and and, and and not help them get into another school they go back home and get into you know trouble you know with, with friends or, or doing stuff they have no business doing because they're getting themselves surrounded by the wrong people.
2: Well, and and you know, Dan Mullen was there uh, with Urban Meyer when they had the Avery Atkins situation, and
3: right, I, I could I could definitely tell you, you know, that whole situation, man, mm-hmm. was, was, was crazy because our coaches that did everything in their and their power just try to try to just keep him safe and keep him away from that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, that, you know, I had just because I came early, so uh, I was with Coach Heater, you know, a lot, and, and Coach Heater, you know, he was crazy about Avery Atkins, and mm-hmm. you know, and to this day, mm-hmm. you know, you, if you ask Chuck Heater, if you mention Avery Atkins' name, to Chuck Heater. You just see everything in him just deflate, you know. That was
1: my that that was my point when I was talking to Baker. You can't. I think like Avery Atkins had a lot going on, but some of the kids you can save, bro. Like some of these kids have the same background, the same mentality as Avery Atkins, but they. I mean, these coaches get through to some guys. The system get through to some of these guys. Uh, Success gets through. You know what I'm saying? They start seeing the bigger picture. That can happen, bro. Like everybody don't come from the same background. I think like perspective is lost in this a lot. Uh, I'm not. I don't know the details of John Huggins' situation. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of speculation out. There's allegations out there, but there's no. Like, none of us know the truth. There's a reason the state didn't charge. There's a reason. You know what I'm saying? He didn't go to jail. So I'm not gonna jump to any conclusions. But my opinion on it is, we can't be a council society where every time. Or as soon as a young kid, what are we teaching these kids? As soon as they make a mistake, they're done. They gotta leave. I just think like there's gotta be a middle ground. You gotta hold them accountable, but you also gotta build them. them
3: Yeah, yeah, hold them accountable. You know, by all means, we're not condoning any of this. Absolutely not. Any any of these allegations at all. We're not condoning any of that. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't just you know these are kids. I you know a wise man once told me that the the most messed up part of 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 a person's life. It's 18, 18 through 22, like I said earlier, because they have no, somewhat no guidance in there. You, you, you messed up at that age. Think about all the crazy stuff you did between 18 and th- 22 years Listen, old. Listen, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I think about the stuff I got in trouble for was, was a lot less
1: than the shit I got away with. You know what I'm saying? That's just life, bro. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, look bro. Back, I look back now, I'm like, man, what the hell was I thinking? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Bro, Everybody's right, not the right. same, bro. But we gotta—it's—it's got to be some type of mentoring and, and going on and mentoring process where we don't just quit on kids, bro. It's like that's not what we're in the business of. Because when we're going on the and recruiting trail, we're telling
3: people that we're we're family and shit. And, I, and that's a, and that's a any school, man. We're not saying that just because we—you know—it's it's with the Gators. I mean, shit, you know, uh, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn. You know, these these kids get an opportunity of a lifetime. You know, and, and y'all can say what y'all want. Going to a D1 college or any college to, to to do something that you like to do is a chance of a lifetime. You, you get an opportunity to get your your school, your what you're gonna do as as an adult, you you you, you get an opportunity to get all of that paid for. That, that's that's what that, that's the real goal. We talked about this before. Shouldn't be to go to no damn NFL yeah. for what?
5: Mm-hmm. E- nah. e-
3: even, if, even, even if you're not a bust like me for three years, like everybody said <laughs> and, and, and you're in that shit for 10 years, yeah. shit, you're gonna be you're gonna be 32. It's a lot of life you left. You still got to know how to do some shit. Yeah, a lot of life like, left. I feel like we fail as people, we fail as a society. When players get out of the NFL or, you know, whatever the case may be, and they don't, they go to school for four years, and they don't, they still have no clue what the, what the hell going on. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to yeah. start teaching these kids like about life in, school, in college, man. And, and yeah. high school, some people don't even go to college. So I feel like we should start that shit in high school. Because everybody don't go, every, college isn't is fit up for everybody. But at the same time, though, I think we failing as a society because some people don't even have a stable household. So we throwing Like I said, we throwing these kids out to, to go to go where? Yeah. Everybody get on the Internet and, and keep, keep about shit to go where? Where are you going?
2: I agree, yeah, bro.
1: You know what I'm saying? It's bigger than football, dog. Go ahead, Dan.
2: Yeah. And and I don't know what the, the urge is by some people to just try to get people kicked out or canceled. Immediately, it's like let let facts come out. There's there's a lot of information that you don't know about. Let facts come out. Let people that have to make the decision, whose job is on the line, to make that decision. Right? Obviously, Dan Mullen doesn't want to keep people around his program that are violating the law or committing you know you know violent acts. But let him and his staff, that's been hired, that you have a whole bunch of faith with, every Saturday coaching a football team to say, hey. Let me get my facts straight before I make a decision, because Dan Mullen has a hell of a lot more money to lose by keeping him around. If yeah. he's, you know, breaking all these laws, then you know, just to to try to hide the facts, right? So let things work out. Let the university, let the athletic department, let everything else, you know, work out the way that they want to the work out. Then let them let make the, a decision.
1: Let the rules play out. That's you know right. What I'm it's not like everybody got their. Rules at each school, bro. Let it play out. The federal government got a, a, a process in there. The universities and the NCAA have a process. Let the legal and, and the administrative stuff play itself out before we like try to rush the school these coaches. Just push a kid out the door because at the end that, of the day, that, that could be your—that could be your 19-year-old kid.
3: That shit dumb too, man. you trying to what you trying to do? Build a story? The first one to have it? Like, come on, bro. Come <laughs> like, tighten up, man. Like, let's um, get off of him. Him, bro
1: like i'm gonna get i'm gonna get agitated again so let's Pause. get on to
3: some camps Pause.
1: Pause. Pause. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: oh man right, you guys are immature bro let's get some <laughs> scrimmage so, uh...
2: <laughs> we're still kids bro
1: so we had scrimmage <laughs> in camp uh during camp yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of message boards are talking about what's going on i heard from some people that was at practice some unnamed sources and whatnot what you hearing then Who you heard that was making some splashes?
2: Uh, There's a couple people. Uh, Felipe Franks, which I know a lot of people want to hear. Uh, He had a really good uh, game yesterday or scrimmage yesterday. Uh, I know that a lot of people were a little concerned after the first one that they heard that uh, that, uh, Kyle Trask might have outplayed him. Um, I heard yesterday that he had – I think four touchdowns, so uh, so good job to him. I know that he had a, a long touchdown to Tyra Cleveland. It's always good to, to hear Tyra Cleveland's name being thrown around. Uh, I know that LaMichael Pirine uh, didn't mm-hmm. play a ton, uh, but uh, you know he's still obviously RB one, and he's going to do really well. I know that Trey Dean and C.J. Henderson both had uh, good games as well. Uh, I know Brenton Cox. Uh, a lot of people are wondering about him. Uh, he practiced yesterday, and then uh, last but not least, there's a few people that uh, that talked about Jacob Copeland uh, and said that he had a really good practice yeah. yesterday. So uh, it'd be good to uh-huh. see uh, wh- how that might translate on uh, on Saturdays. What are you guys hearing?
1: Yeah, me and Black was talking. About, I call Black, called, and we was talking about the, the the Copeland thing earlier. I heard he's out there hooping, man. For what I was told, uh, most of the attention was on defense. Uh, most of the ones only played one series or two. You know what I'm saying? And after that, it was you know, as far as first-team defense, they kept the safeties out there. They, they did it. I think that's a real battle now as far as, you know what I'm saying, getting some camp talk. The safety thing, is some shuffling going on. Um, Sean Davis is having a real good camp. Donovan Steiner is having a good camp. And Jawan T- Taylor, you know, he's solid regardless. It's just an uh, injury thing with him. So if he's healthy, he's available, but they are shifting some guys around to try to – because we got some guys missing as far as Huggins. But Sean Davis is pushing for a start at safety. Uh, Steiner could move to strong safety. He's getting some work there now. Uh, Trey Dean is playing for free safety, from what I was told. Um, he's getting a lot of looks at free safety, cross-training. Uh, in case another guy goes down, you get your best five on the field. So Trey Dean is a possible guy that may drop back. And Bernie is also – one of the backups at star. So Bernie is back getting some work at star as well. He was working there at camp and now he's back there again, still, you know what I'm saying, getting some reps there. So that's a guy we could slide to star, bring James Houston on, or Ventra Miller at linebacker, and we still good to go. We still got a, a solid 11 on field, you know what I'm saying? No real big holes, no real young guys. But if it goes, anybody else goes down in that second group, then you, of course you, you start seeing the young freshmen.
3: You see, you hear anything, Black? you know on your side uh you know I'm just picking back a little bit off of what you said man it's just these guys going out and, and busting their ass and this is this is type of type of type of uh uh things that we like to hear right right before the season start uh that, you know you say you've got bernie out there man a the, the few practices i've been to nobody can't beat this man you know they, they've been trying him deep and all can't beat him can't beat him so um you know i'm just excited to, to see what these guys got going on and uh, you know, I'm I'm ready to see our offense and what we how we gonna work. You know, I know Already. the I know the defense gonna fly around. I'm ready to see this offensive line ready to shut Miami ass up. I want them to go out. There. I know Coach is gonna have him ready ready to hit, punch the boys in the mouth.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard the uh, the three most consistent receivers right now are, uh, to no surprise, Hammond, Swain, and Jefferson right now. So, uh, again, those three guys, the uh, the ball probably uh, pretty often, but uh, it seems like there's a lot of playmakers on offense. I'm not sure what you guys are hearing about Tony uh, or Copeland or, or you know everybody's heard, favorite Jacksonville boy.
1: All like I can say Wells. is, because I only say what I'm told, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I heard Tony's having a really good camp. I was told he doesn't look any better than a Jacob, Jacob Copeland. Our Jacob Copeland looks really good in camp, bro. Yeah. He's pressing. If, if Tony was to go down, we wouldn't miss a beat. And he's the only a better th- receiver, I was, I was told.
2: Yeah, the only thing that I think that Tony does that, that Copeland might not be able to is, obviously, he was a quarterback in uh, in high school. So, that ability yeah. to throw the ball, I know that they used him out of that position last year. So, there's so many weapons on that offense that you know it's awesome to see Copeland uh, coming around and you know coming off injury to to really you know have an outstanding year on a on a team that has a lot of really good athletes. So the fact that a guy like him that's still coming off you know that injury and didn't play a ton last year is having such a good off is is really really promising for him.
3: I'm telling you, uh, the the more you could do, the harder it is for that defense to game plan. So when the more weapons we put on that field, man, it's going It's going to be hard to, to game plan that shit and. What, what can probably work in our favor? They don't know how to game plan, Copeland. They going off a of he say she say because you know like, you don't got that much film out there. So man, that's that's gonna work in our favor. I know I we gonna, get, I mean, these yeah. got Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I'm go just on. saying. I know we gonna run around, man. We we, yeah. we got too much speed right now. I feel like. I mean, they. I know they got speed in Miami. Yeah. Man. You know, I I feel like we gonna. We, gonna cook some shit up and and have us have us ready, man. I I there ain't no doubt in my mind.
1: I think we're gonna run straight at them. I, I think we got more speed than they do, but I think we're gonna run like team speed. But I think we're gonna run straight at them. Their defensive tackle is weak. These guys know each other; they're familiar with each other, but nobody knows how they're gonna attack this game. They they have no idea. Like Mullen's going way deeper into the playbook than he went last year. Uh, he's known for that. As far as his second year, the, the plays get more deeper, the offense gets more complex. So they don't have. They just know what he what his base offense is. And, what, and what's his uh, tendencies in certain situations. But they don't know how he's going to attack this game. And I don't think we know how they're going to attack this game because Dan Eno's got some guys he didn't recruit, a quarterback he didn't recruit, a system. These guys are fairly new, too. So I don't think we know what they're going to run on offense. And I don't think they know what we're going to run. But I think the better coach team, because, I mean, the first game is going to come down to discipline, assignments, mm-hmm. And just being you know, a good football team and buying into the program type stuff. So that's what it's going to come down to. And I think we're that program.
2: I, you make a really good point there. I think you know the first game is always tough because it, it's really your first time that you're getting the opportunity to run your, you know, your program or your your playbook. as as fast as it's going to run. Obviously you can try to simulate that during spring and, you know, summer and fall, but it's never going to be as fast as it is on game one. And, you know, going into a pretty intense environment like it's going to be in Orlando with a lot of Gator fans, it's going to be loud. It's going to be at night. It's going to be on national TV, you know, building and putting in that new offense like Dan Enos and, uh, the uh, the Miami coaching staff can do. There's going to be a lot of things that they're going to have to work through procedurally when it comes to rotating players in and out. You know, being quick with that. I mean, it's something that Willie Taggart tried to spend you know 12 games last season himself trying to figure out. So that's that's where that that advantage might come in. You know, immediately is that ability to you know be on target with your with your substitutions and your uh, your your play count, your your snap count, and everything else. So that that might be a huge underlying advantage that Florida might have over Miami also a
3: black. We, hold on also we got I, I think we gotta uh, you know outdo them on special teams if we have a big special team day then it, it's good as gold that, that, that game's ours I remember we beat them at 08 we blocked the punt remember that we yeah. blocked it in the yeah. end zone so uh, you know special teams is gonna be big for us as well I don't know I, you know we don't talk about it as much uh, you know, people somewhat, you know, uh, forget about the, the special teams, but, you know. It, they
1: were it, solid last year. They were very solid last year. We, we,
3: we get we get good play out of the, the, the uh, special teams and take care of the football, we be golden.
1: Yep, just got to take care of the ball. Black, this, I was going to ask you a question. What was you guy, your you guys' mentality when you was facing a freshman quarterback at any
3: time? We're going to get that shit. What you mean? A, a fresh, I ain't put too many freshman quarterbacks out there because they, they know better. They know better. SEC Mike, stop talking crazy about our, our defensive backs, all right? I know you you talking about we young and all that, man. Shit, that shit don't mean nothing. Hey, Lance, let me tell you something about nothing, young. SEC Mike, you gotta stop, stop, stop trying us back. Hey, hey, it, hey it, let me.
1: Let me I, I was trying to be professional, Black, but let me get loose a little bit. Listen, a freshman DB playing at University of Florida ain't nothing new, bro.
4: You know that Joe Hayden,
1: un- came through them doors. i Marcus you. Roberson, came through them doors. Vernon Hargraves, came through them doors, bro. Like, you name it, these boys don't line up. The Norris Jenkins I came through the them doors. doors un- through them doors, bro. Line up, they want to get it. So all that freshman talk, bro, we recruit the best defensive backs in the country, dog. And and my man, number five, is from the Creole. He's from the five six one bro. Like, he's locking things down. All he need to know is cover him
3: and shit getting blanketed. You hear me? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Well, you know, all right, I'm, man, I'm professional again. All right, let's <laughs> get back to professional. Let's get back to professional. Cool. You know, so but, uh, with a freshman quarterback, like I said, you know, it's a, it's going to be a lot of things that he has to think about, a lot of things that's going to be going through his mind before the play. So I think, you know, yeah. uh, uh, showing him different things and, 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 you know, sending something else or showing him one thing and doing another thing that'll kind of, you mm-hmm. know, mess, it, mess with his head a little bit and, and have him rattle, especially with that offense line. I think if we get close to him a little bit at, at the beginning, put our hands on him, grab him, hit him a little bit, that, that shit gonna have him, you know, disoriented. You know that line. Man. Yeah, we we get we get about one or two, three sacks in the in the first half. Man, and he ain't gonna know how to act. I'm telling you. It, oh, we're gonna it. see
1: another quarterback. But check this out. Not only is he a freshman, his left tackles freshman. Let that, that
3: sink in, and, that, and that's the blind side, huh? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Come on, man.
1: They gotta keep somebody chipped the entire game, or things gonna get weird fast. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about all of this, bro. I cannot wait. It cannot come fast enough. Um, another question, Black. Do you guys, as far as prep, as far as like, I'm talking about, like, rep right before the game, what's your energy like? Because it's an evening game. Who do you think these guys going to be like that day? Like, what's the process of them waking up and, like, the whole day? How does it play out for night games?
3: So, usually, uh, the, the night games is, is just more preparation dur- during the day of the game. Uh, you prepare all the way, you know, through through the when the foot when the foot hits the ball, you know, basically, you know, on kickoff, you are preparing mm-hmm. all the way throughout that, you know, even in the locker room before the game, you know, you're looking over notes, you know, last minute things to try to try to get your mind, you know, ready. It's like a test, you know. That, that's basically what a game is—a test. You practice all week. That that you know that that's going to class, and then you know that's your homework, and then the game is the test, you know. So uh, you you you're preparing all day really. Um, you get your your breakfast in, you get your lunch in, uh, you know. Like I say, uh, uh, we used to watch, uh, you know, game, uh, college game day in the morning times. Uh, we we get off our feet a little bit, you know. We always catch that three thirty game, you know. It used to be, you know, Alabama or you know Tennessee or somebody on the on the uh, on uh, what is it? What we play? ABC or right. what we play on? What did SEC play on? What's our network?
2: CBS. <laughs> <Network>. <laughs> CBS, SEC <laughs> Network, CBS, SEC Network, SEC Plus, ESPN, ABC, got all that. Them all, hey, take that
3: out, take that out, but you know, we, I mean, we, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> my Paul stayed at stake, cause nah, but we, we we stayed on you know CBS Network, cause that's that's where the best games at, you know, all out, other, we, we tired of watching Notre Dame and all that bullshit that be on NBC or whatever that should be. But you know we catch that game, and then uh, right after that we we get like one or two meetings in. Uh, it'll be a defensive meeting, it'll be a positional meeting. Um, in that in that last positional meeting, we'll we'll you know have a, usually a test or go over what what our coverages are. And, you know, give us a last little uh, film session before the game, and then we you know we get on that bus and and get to the stadium. I mean, you got a long day of, of, of preparation, so um, you know, all day long you're thinking about what plays you're gonna make, and you haven't you know me me personally, I used to just have flashbacks. Of, uh, you know, old plays I made and, and how I can do it this game and, you know, what I can do to, to to change the game. So, uh, you know, these guys going to have a long day. So, you know, they better get prepared.
1: Already, man. That's the good camp talk, fellas. Uh, let's let's get some UF staff on here and, and talk about some secondary staff and what UF got going on. We got Lee Begley then?
2: We do. Let's, let's get her on.
1: All right, let's hang out.
0: You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And
2: then joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is the Director of UF Recruiting Operations, Lee Begley. Lee, how are you doing this evening?
6: I'm great. Thanks for having me on.
2: Absolutely. I Thanks appreciate
6: for the invite. I feel like it's big time that you would want me to come on the show.
2: That's right. You're the first uh, staff I'm member sure. that we've allowed on the show. So,
6: <laughs> well, good. I'm I'm honored to be on it.
2: That's right. That's right. So so Lee, I know that obviously a lot of people follow recruiting out there they'll listen to this podcast, but a lot of people don't know what goes into recruiting. So can you tell the folks that are listening what exactly you do on a day-to-day basis?
6: So really, it just depends on the t- the time of year as to what I'm doing. So right now, it's a dead period. So I have a little bit more time. And um, speaking of dead period, um, y'all should be honor because I'm missing Bachelor in Paradise to talk to y'all tonight.
2: Hey, just, just DVR it like I am.
6: I did. I did DVR it. So. There but you go. That,
2: Bachelor in Paradise. It.
1: Wow. I'm
6: missing the watch <laughs> party at, with my friends to be on the show.
3: Y'all so have a party for this? Out. Look, hey, hey, Lee, next time, <laughs> bring your friends on. <laughs> it's a party. I know. Out, so they got to be in the back. I know. Like, I will.
1: hey, like,
2: hey. I don't know what, don't know what Black talking about. Okay,
1: man. so anyway, sorry. Oh, hold on, <laughs> Lee, <laughs>
2: Lee, on that, hold on. There was a rumor that, that some people saw uh, Megan Mullen at the, the the season finale of The Bachelorette. Was that her? Can you confirm or deny that?
6: Um, so I'm gonna just go ahead and confirm that was Mama Mullen and me.
3: Man. Uh, oh, it's there. you too. Yeah, Lee was in the picture too. Do, oh, isn't it picture man. one around? And nice.
6: I, I have to say, y'all, I took the red eye after the show back that night and went to work the next day. So I'm not Ooh. slacking. You yeah.
3: Look, you on your game.
6: Uh, yeah. It was there crazy, you go. Yeah, it was a it was a cool experience. But I can confirm for Gator Nation that we were there.
3: Man, all right. All right.
6: Okay. So, so anyway, I- back, to, back, to, <laughs> back to the good stuff. <laughs> so right now it's a dead period, obviously, so it's a little bit slower time for me, but it'll really pick up September 1st. So September, September 1st is when we can start mailing out and communicating with the 2021 class. So you're kind of juggling two classes um, starting September 1st. So we'll come up with a mail-out plan and a texting plan so the coaches um, – know who they're texting for 2021 20, because it's kind of crazy because they haven't played in a game yet You're, you know they've only played this will be their junior year so some of them haven't even played in games they've just been to camps and stuff and so we'll we'll constantly be updating the 2021 board and then um, like full-on into the 2020 class and then obviously uh, having kids on campus uh, for game days, like home games, and we can actually have kids come to the Miami game. We can't have contact with them, but we can give them recruiting tickets there. So we have a good group of guys come to that game as well. Um, and then it just, it just goes from there for uh, official visits. And then you go into the spring, you have unofficial visits. So I was looking through our, our kind of uh, unofficial visit forms last spring. We had over a thousand kids on campus. Wow. That's a ton. Isn't that crazy? That's a ton. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, Lee, so
2: when when I was on uh, staff, so I, I worked um, as a student uh, in the recruiting office when I was at UF, uh, that was, gosh, nine years ago when I graduated. Um, over the last nine years or so, there's been so many changes to recruiting when it comes to following recruiting on message boards and all of these websites and everything else. Is that something that you guys pay attention to, uh, internally, uh, or how much do you guys follow what's going on on the, uh, the message boards and social media?
6: We do, because I feel like you can never have too much information, you know, so you might hear things and you just take it. But a lot of the times when we hear something, we'll just go straight to the kids and say, Hey, is this true or not? You know, just so we know, and, um, we're aware of what's going on. Um, so I, I would say, yeah, we do. We do look at the message boards. <laughs> okay, cool. And, yeah, we and, have people that monitor them and we we will send out an email like, hey, this is being said in an article. Here's what he said when he was interviewing with this school. Here's what he said when he was being interviewed by a Florida reporter, that kind of stuff.
2: So there's a lot of things that obviously, you know, recruits and people that are talking to the media will say one thing. A lot of times it's to appease whoever uh, they're interviewing yeah, they're, with.
6: Yeah, their kids and, I mean, that's what people forget a lot of times. These are, especially the recruits are 16 and 17 years old. Like mm-hmm. Keon Dipper just turned 18 two weeks ago. Oh, wow. He came to campus at 17 years old. He might be playing in a game at 18. You know, like,
2: Yeah. I think people, so,
6: people so. forget how young they are.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Especially when they drag them through the media for making their, uh, or drag them through social media for making their decisions. Um, but anyway, so Lee, at the beginning, you were talking uh, about we're in a dead period right now. I know there's a lot of confusion about what a dead period is or is not. Uh, can you explain what exactly so, this dead period is, or what the different dead periods mean?
6: Yeah. So during a dead period, um, we can have no kids on campus. So we can um, we can still text them. Um, We can't call them. So starting September 1st, we can call them once a week, just the 2020 class, not even the 2021 class. We can call them once a week. But you have unlimited text and DMs in which you can you can do that right now. And you can send them mail. It's just as far as we can't go out and see them and then we can't uh, have them on campus. And then September 1st, it'll be an evaluation period. And so you can go see a kid play one time. You can eval them one time. And then um, the contact period is when stuff gets really crazy. And I think a lot of people don't realize we play Florida State on Saturday. On Sunday, we have a big staff meeting, and the coaches are on the road recruiting all over the country. Wow. And they come back for official visit weekends, and then they go back out Sunday recruiting. That's so wild. It's just a- Yeah, it's just crazy. And people don't realize, like, even when they're, like, when they play their last game, they're gone. They're out recruiting and trying to put a signing class together.
2: So, uh, speaking of, you know, the FSU game, obviously you have the SEC Championship the week after that. And then, like, three weeks after that is the early signing period. So, how crazy are those couple of weeks? And then does Dan Mullen, if you can answer this, um, do do, do, do coaches like – the early signing period? Do they like the later signing period in February or Um, what's kind of the thoughts about that?
6: It was, it was definitely interesting this year because we were also preparing for a bowl game. Right. So we had the last game we were recruiting and we're also preparing, like had bowl practice and we had official visitors on the weekend. So it was definitely a little hectic. I do think they like it because um, it opens up your January and you know what the areas of need are and what you need to go after.
2: Gotcha. And it's kind of
6: done. So it's a little, it's a grind for three weeks, but I do think uh, overall they like it.
2: Gotcha. And so this is my last question. I know these guys are, are, um, you know, have a few questions themselves, but how do, how do these rules affect transfers Um, obviously there's a lot of news about the transfer portal and and players coming and visiting campus uh do the dead period rules apply or or what recruiting rules apply to transfers
6: so so, yeah so the dead period rules apply um, okay for transfers yes they do gotcha yeah yeah and i know there was some like talk about brenton but he was uh, already accepted into school and was enrolling in school
1: oh nice Yes. As far as as far as that transfer, could you give us some information of, of, of how it went down? And like it, it went kind of smooth and fast. We little, uh, it did. I think he went on. in the,
6: yeah, he went in the portal, and then uh, you know as soon as they go in the portal, they're fair game for anybody to contact. And okay. then um we contacted him, and then Trey Dean was a big part of that because they knew each other from high school, okay. and um his mom and Britton's mom are friends. And so um, that's kind of how it, it got started.
1: A lot of our fans always ask the question. I get DMs or questions for the show all the time about staff size. Is our secondary staff uh, adequate enough, uh, big enough, small enough? What's your opinion on that? Do, are we uh, equal in size?
6: I think we're definitely getting there. Um, he's, Coach has done a really great job of kind of organizing how you want the recruiting staff. And now each um, each of the assistants have their own um, recruiting personnel uh, staff member, and so um, I definitely think it's kind of, it's still a work in progress, but we're definitely we're definitely getting there of kind of how we want the support staff to be set up.
1: Gotcha. What do what do you guys role on, on game day? Like you guys hang out, you have to coach out doing other things, or because I yeah, mean so on, at a neutral depends, site, it's so a little different.
6: Yeah, so it just depends because on on, on home games, home game weekends, um, we'll have, if we have official visits, we'll be like certain guys will be paired with the official visits and taking care of them, and then also the unofficial visitors. So for the Auburn game this year, we'll probably have two hundred kids here. And um, we just make sure they're taken care of. We'll feed them. They have to, obviously they have to pay for it because they're on an unofficial visit. But then we'll make sure the coaches say hey to who they need to say hey to. And Coach Mullen says hey to everyone, and then um, just enjoy the game.
1: Okay, nice. And as far yes. as the new highs, we just brought on some new guys. How how does that process go on about? Because some of the guys are from Canadian Football League, and some of them want like. Doing the exact job. Yeah, that you're doing I feel now. like they're
6: all can they're all connected with someone on the staff, and uh, I do think everybody. were... it's uh, I, I feel really good about it. Everybody gets along. It's um, all working really well together and have the same goal. We want the number one recruiting class, so we win a national championship.
1: How bad you think we're gonna beat Miami? <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask. Um, hey uh-huh. I man. Are you asking me a
1: score right now, or? No, I don't need a score. I just need, you need to say something. You know what I'm saying. give us a big... a I feel confident in the Gators to
6: get the job done.
1: There you for, go. For, I, for. I I seen then um, Coach Mullins presser earlier, um, and when he was asked about the, the, the starting quarterback for Miami, he seems he seems very confident. I'm, I'm I'm definitely very confident, but he seemed very confident, and that just. Kind of made my day, man. I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I think we're gonna um, we run thing, them down, right? right? Yeah,
6: that's,
3: that's,
1: you know that's what I'm
6: saying. Right. SEC greater. <laughs> <All
3: right. laughs> at, at least, so I know. I know you said earlier that you know this. This is for the guys who's coming in. Um, you know, just just a little information for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you said you uh you guys check the message boards. Um, you know about guys and stuff. But you know the guys that you offered or you know guys who's looking to come to Florida. Um, do you guys follow the kids' social media accounts?
6: We do.
3: Yes. Um, yes. Okay. How often yeah. do you guys look at those? So should, should they be weary on I what mean, they, what they uh, tweet or, you know, put out? I mean,
6: all day, all day, every day, everybody's monitoring that.
3: Okay. Okay. So, so like, like I said, have you know, Have you
6: seen something
3: that shouldn't be there? No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> just asking, I'm just asking, because I, I know uh, the, the two months that I was in the NFL, you know, like we like to talk about or whatever, Um, the, the coach used to always, you know, uh, uh have the, the, Tweets printed out from the, the day before. Um, yeah, there un- have
6: been instances where some of our assistant coaches have reached out to the recruits and said, "Hey, you need to take that down immediately. It's not appropriate, or whatever the case."
2: Right. So I yeah,
6: we're constantly monitoring it.
2: I got it. How how do they respond when you say, "Hey, can you take that down?" Do they normally pretty respectful of that, or how does yeah, that Yeah, they really
6: are. They really are.
2: Yeah, because and then, at, at the, at the, end of, the cases I'm sorry. that
6: I've dealt with, they've been really respectful about it.
3: I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're just trying to help these young guys. Um, you know, it, 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 even if they, you know, say come to Florida and, you know, go to the NFL. You know, I know it's always people that's always trying to start stuff and dig up old tweets or, you know, things of that nature of, of kids who, you know, um, mistakes kids made when they were younger. Um, also, Lee, all right, so we're getting close to the to the first game on week zero. What's the energy around the facility um, as the game gets Everybody's closer? I'm
6: really excited. Did you see the new cleats that dropped today? Do y'all like them? Oh, Ooh.
3: playing! Yeah, I, got me a, I need a pair for my
1: church league. Well, look, I, ain't been <laughs> 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 so I need
6: a
2: lot. <laughs> yeah, I need a pair for my flag football church I mean, league. Look I'm, good I'm play like, good, I'm right? like a right? player. <laughs> yeah. Hey, dressing the parts, fifty percent of it. <laughs> oh, really.
6: Right. You gotta, you gotta feel good to
3: play good. <laughs> There you go. You got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah, but
6: I would say everybody's really excited, and I think it's what's really cool is it'll be the first football game of the season, so the whole country's going to be watching this game.
1: Do you ever get like uh, attached to a recruit and then they go elsewhere? Oh my
6: yes, all the time. I'm like, I just because I spend a whole weekend with them, and I I get attached, and I'm like, I'm I'm so sad when you leave. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, seen I guess- like,
7: some
1: pictures on Instagram with moms and stuff like that. I was like, man, they look like best friends. We're getting this kid, man,
3: because they they look like they're best friends. No. <laughs> but it, it, is it is it cool though? You know, you, you keep in contact. You meet new people though, right? And you, you I know keep that's like
6: one them. of the coolest um, parts of the job is just getting to getting to meet all the people you wouldn't normally come in contact with in life. And uh, no matter what, you you always you know because you develop relationships with these kids. And so you always want the best for them.
2: Lee, uh, you obviously uh, you came over with Dan Mullen. Uh, and you were the first person he probably hired because you guys were on the plane together coming over here. What uh, described us for our relationship or your relationship with Dan Mullen and how you guys got connected?
6: Um, so it's kind of crazy. So I was graduating with my master's degree from Alabama, and uh, the coaching professions just a, such a small world, you know. And a lot of the guys, um, there was a job open at Mississippi State, and they they said, you should apply, you should apply. And so I applied, and through the connections, I got an interview with them. So I've had two interviews in my life, one with Nick Saban, one with Coach Mullen. And um, we honestly, we talked about life. He's like, have you ever been to Starkville before? And I literally had a week before at a Zach Brown concert. concert. (laughs) And so we talked about Zach Brown Band in my interview with him. Um so it was it was just kind of i guess surreal, and i ended up he ended up hiring me and believing in a twenty four year old uh you know at the time, and he's definitely given me an opportunity to grow in the business and trust my opinion, and I think that's um that's really cool and all you can all you can ask for is being able to grow and get better.
2: How did you know that you wanted to do this or how did you fall into this or? Is it something that you always dreamed? Okay,
6: so my, well, no, not really. I didn't really realize the opportunity for women in sports, and there really were no jobs when I was, like, in recruiting when I was in undergrad. Um, But when I went to Alabama, I kind of realized they were starting to hire women. And so I started volunteering in um, the football office at Alabama and kind of where i got my experience but i didn't know originally i was going to be a trainer because my dad's a high school coach and so i've been around football my whole life so i knew i wanted to work in sports specifically football Mm. but i thought i would have to be a trainer to do it
2: interesting so what is one thing that that there's a misconception about either your job or the recruiting department What's something that you maybe want to clear the air for, um, for for all of our listeners?
6: I just think people are like, oh, well, what do you do to get a recruit or what? You know, everybody's very professional and it's about relationships and showing off the University of Florida, you know, and what um, you want these kids to succeed and uh, do great in life. And um, I believe that the University of Florida is the best place for them to do that at. You know, and I think one one cool thing is working for Coach Mullen, I believe in how he runs the program from top to bottom. So it's easy for me to sell the program and sell Coach Mullen because I believe in I've seen it. You know, I've worked for him for nine years. So I've seen how he runs the program, how much he cares about these kids. So that's that makes my job a lot easier.
3: Talk about uh, how important it is to get like new facilities and upgrade the facilities. Um, With the new generation coming, uh, you know, they're into the social media and, and you know, uh, the, the the new toys. So talk about how, the importance of that. Um, yeah, and, and
6: it's really, it really, it's so important because obviously we are Florida and it's a great education. And but the last time we won a national championship is over 10 years ago now. Right.
5: Mm-hmm. You're right. So, right.
6: How old, so how old were these kids when the last time Florida won a national championship?
5: You're right. Right. Mm-hmm. So seven. Eight?
6: They don't. They don't really remember that. A lot of these kids come on campus, and you're you're gonna like be like, oh my god! But they don't know who Percy Harvin is. Nice. Right. Sure.
3: Oh no. Wait. Is this respect? Wait. 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 wait, wait, wait. It's, it's definitely. Like. wait, Wait. Wait, wait, I'm so they may not know about black. They may not know about black. All right, I mean, they
6: might know Percy. I'm
3: right? just telling you, bro,
1: it's disrespectful <laughs> out here. No, um, I'm telling you, I've
6: what's, experienced what's, it firsthand. They don't know who Percy. they Harden don't care is. about
1: history like we did, what's bro. What's like,
6: what's it's exactly. And so, I think this is where it's just gonna really change the game when we get our new facility because it is keeping up with the Joneses and the SEC, and we have to. It just is, you know, and they want the newest and the shiniest and the best, and it will be that once it's built. So I think it's very important, and I think we all we have an awesome stadium, an awesome fan base, an awesome education, and when we get that building, it's just going to be the icing on the cake.
2: So Lee, when when you guys talk about Percy Harvin, obviously Dan Mullen coached him, and then you saw him firsthand destroy the University of Alabama in 2008, didn't you?
5: (laughs) Oh, Um, actually, the first.
6: You know what's funny? Uh, the, wait, the 2000. Would it have been nine oh nine when Alabama beat Florida in the SEC championship game? Mm, I,
2: don't, well, that, I don't. I don't. I don't that, recall. I don't about know. That. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no.
6: It's <laughs> <laughs> not something we talk about. But that was on today, and so everybody was kind of giving me a hard time. They're were like, "Were you at that game?" And I'm like, "Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> but I'm a gamer. <laughs> that's all that matters." Is it is it
2: weird going to University of Alabama, obviously for undergrad, and then your master's degree, and then going to Mississippi State right after that, and then going to Gainesville? Is it has it been challenging to kind of change um, allegiances for your job? When or? First,
6: maybe when I first got to Mississippi State, it was a little bit weird because I was so young and you kind of like learning the ropes. But um, it's it's great. Like I'm all in a Gator. I love Gator Nation. Uh, it's you're you're invested. You know you're invested in these kids. You're building relationships, and you want the best for everybody. So it was, I don't even think about it, honestly. I know why people hate Alabama fans now. <laughs> <laughs> after after being out of it.
1: <laughs> well, I got. Go ahead. I got one more. I was curious. Always curious. How did how does the message relay to a recruit that he's a take or not a take in a recruiting process? Because there's a lot of offers that go out. Sometimes fans get a little confused of an offer and a committable offer. So how does that
6: work? Uh, usually, the kids know. Like there, there are some kids that there is a little bit of a miscommunication. But I guess now you would know because you got an official offer letter because they can go out August one before your senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. the, it's always it's always ongoing because you. Like some schools offer people to get to camp. So they'll just offer them so they come to camp, but it's not committable, you know, but it usually all works itself out um, before signing day. And it's all very fluid. It's very fluid. Yeah.
3: I mean, really go by, about, I mean,
6: they go by. I mean. Like if we're, go- if we offer you, you're a, a take. Okay.
2: Interesting. And, and I guess my, my last question is, obviously University of Florida is a top 10 public school now I think they're number eight uh, how does that play uh, into things and and are most of the kids that you're talking to pretty serious about academics or 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 where does academics play in, in Dan Mullen and your staffs pitch uh, to recruits
6: well it's very important because some people don't realize how great of an education you get at Florida so we have to go in and explain that um, to a all- a lot of the kids, especially kids that aren't in Florida, when we're recruiting, you know, outside of the state, they don't realize how great of the education it is. Um, But it's definitely a big selling point um, for us. And we have a presentation about all the alumni that have graduated from Florida and what they've gone on to do. It's pretty incredible.
2: That's awesome. And then Lee, I guess one final question, just because I remember how important it was when, when I was on on staff there is, talk to us about how you try to Win over parents, and and how important uh, your process is with with trying to cater to parents and answering their
6: questions. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, parents just want honesty and they want real, and that's one thing we are. We all are. We are who we are, and we're real. We're not gonna make up anything or tell you what it's you know what it's it's different than what it really is. And I think at the end of the day, as a parent, you can appreciate that. That's awesome. Because you just want, you know, you want someone that's going to be honest with you and not, and that truly cares about your kid because it is a lifelong decision where you go to school.
2: I love it. Well, Lee, we appreciate your, uh, your time this evening, hanging out with us on Stadium in the Gale. Hopefully you won't be a stranger in the future. We can have you back on. We can talk about that uh, number one recruiting class you guys are going after. Let's Absolutely. do it. Let's do
6: it. Yeah. Hey, can I say something really quick? Yeah. So uh, I know there's all this stuff going on um, with players being dismissed and all that, but I just think people a lot of times don't want to get the whole story. And Mm -hmm. I've worked for Coach for nine years. There's other women that have worked for Coach Mullen, um, maybe not as long, but for a, a long time. And from top to bottom, it's the most disciplined program you can be in. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, people, these are kids, like I said earlier, these are 18 year old kids and they're always constantly educating them on making good decisions, you know, and sometimes people forget, you know, these, these are kids and stuff happens a lot of times, but, um, at the end of the day, all of these coaches care about these kids so much and all they wanted, they want the best for these kids and, um, They're constantly educating them on making good decisions for themselves, for the program, and for the school. So just wanted to say that.
2: Well, since you brought that up, uh, we had a discussion with Matt Baker uh, before we talked to you today, and obviously he's somebody that brought a lot of attention to to that one incident. I think that we echoed a lot of the sentiment that that you guys uh, are, are are telling, whether it's from from Dan Mellon or what you just mentioned. Has Florida done anything over the last you know two years, uh, or I guess a year and three quarters that you guys have been there about educating um, you know on? sexual assault or violence it, or, or what do you guys do every, internally?
6: Yeah, It's, um, they have training, they have training every year, but it's also every team meeting, um, mm. coach talks about it. Um, just to make them aware of, you know, situations and make putting yourself in a good situation where that can't even happen. So it's, um, it's, uh, every day educating these kids, um, our, our guys on making good decisions for them in their future.
2: Yeah. We, we said a lot of it. Obviously, uh, you know, Ahmad was around the program for four years. I was around it for a little bit. Obviously, Corey uh, knows, you know, quite a number of folks over there. And, and we, I think we echoed a lot of that that same sentiment uh, earlier when we were talking about it. And, you know, a lot of times that people jump to conclusions or they just assume things without knowing all the facts. And it's, it's easy to write an article to get a lot of clicks uh, without sharing the full story or doing your due diligence because it's August and it's busy. So, um, you know, but <laughs> we appreciate – We appreciate your time uh, coming on the show. Um, Lee, it was an absolute pleasure to get to know you. Thank
6: you for having me.
2: Absolutely. And then like to end up, come on on. on whenever he wants as well. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs)
6: Yeah, I'll get that scheduled for
2: you. (laughs) Absolutely. We appreciate it. We'll work around him for you. Okay. All right.
6: I'll see you in a couple weeks in Orlando.
2: See Uh, you. All right.
6: All right.
2: Bye. Got to make sure she gets uh, tickets to the tailgate.
1: Hey, man. Hey, anybody on Gator staff, they know, man. It's all-inclusive. In-free, drink-free, hangout. (laughs) It's all love at the B3 roller up gate for Gator fans, baby. But that was dope, man. Got some good info and some good content, man. Uh, A lot of insight, looking to what recruiting people and secondary staff are doing behind the scenes and also, you know what I'm saying, saying what's going on with the hugging situation, the elephant in the room. Got to knock that
2: out. Ahmad Ahmad probably knows this because he was recruited. But she has such a busy job. I don't think people realize how busy she is from probably – I'm trying to think. I guess September 1st until February. Every single day she's going to be running around. And when they have a game like Auburn, LSU, Florida State, Tennessee at home, you know, one of these huge games that have a couple hundred kids, you have a couple hundred kids – plus their parents or their football coach or whoever plus a bunch of guys that you're you know you have there on official visits and everything else and there's so much paperwork that you have to do there's so much coordination there's so many moving pieces and places they need to be because they need to check out the locker room and the weight room and you know make sure that they have food and make sure that they have passes make sure they're down on the field before everything starts make sure that the players that you want next to the uh, to the tunnel are there and make sure that after that they're you know shuffle to where you want them to be and then they have you know the Cicero that are the UF official ambassadors. And then they have their interns on staff. Then they have the coaching staff that needs to hang out with them and meet them. And it's a ton of moving pieces. And Lee and her staff are responsible for doing all that. So that's a uh, that's a tough, tough, tough job. And it seems like she's doing a great job with it.
1: Absolutely. And like she said, we're making more hires, more moves. So the staff is going to get bigger. Uh, we should be on par with the big, the bigger staffs in the SEC soon. Dan's um, just taking his time and getting this thing put together the right way.
2: Yeah, there uh, should be Black. another staff announcement. Um, probably the day you guys are listening to this podcast.
1: Yeah, that's how we're gonna leave it at too. Staff announcement
2: mm.
1: already. <laughs> uh,
2: my man Black got a last
1: minute interview, man. I'm, 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 I'm low key excited about it. Um, it's a lot of violence in this interview. Black, who we got, baby?
3: Man, we got my boy Josh. Josh Evans about to come on, man. A great teammate. Um, I, I love the kid since he stepped on campus. Everything about Josh, man, just, you know, uh, is, is like a brother, you know. And, and since day one, uh, he's been coachable. He's been a hard worker, Uh, you know, played a, played a lot of years in the league. Um, Now he's doing, you know, stuff to better himself as a man. So we're going to let him talk about it, and we're going to have him on the show. All right, let's hang out, baby.
0: You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale.
1: First time on the show, we got Gator Safety, former Jaguar, Josh Evans. Josh, what's going on, baby?
7: Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's Hanging up? out,
1: man. Got some <laughs> violence on the show. How you feeling, man? <laughs>
7: I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling
3: good. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank, thanks for coming on, Josh. Um, you know, so, so tell everybody, you know, you know, a little bit about you. I know you came from Jersey uh, and, and came down to Florida. I think, what, what was the freshman year, 09? Um, yeah, oh nine. Nah. Yeah, okay, yeah. so, you know, Josh came in. Um, uh, he was a young cat. Uh, like I said, you know, I was telling the guys earlier, you came in eager, ready to learn. Um, you, you, not one day when you came in, you ain't bat an eye. Uh, when somebody said anything to you or tried to coach you up, I, I know, you know, watching from a distance, you know, every time Coachita has something to say to you, um, mm-hmm. as far as coaching-wise, <laughs> I know. I know. Half the time you hated it, um, and 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 looking back, a lot of the things Coach Sheeta told us sounded crazy back then. But you know, now it, it, you know it's, it's real life, and you know uh, he was just trying to get us to work hard. So tell us a little bit about the transition um, uh, of coming from Jersey to Florida for college. Uh,
7: man, I would say definitely probably one of the, the biggest and hardest transitions. Uh, you know, coming all the way up north to to down south. I say the biggest thing was though. You know, coming. Coming from Jersey, I was the number one athlete coming out of Jersey. So you come in the Florida feeling pretty good, and you realize you did with the number one athlete Florida, number one athlete Connecticut, and Maryland. I was a pretty number one athlete, you know, coming in. So it was very hostile, very competitive. Um, and you also coming on a great team, you know, like like Ahmad Black, um, Major Wright, Will, a lot of those guys in the secondary that was uh that was there to help us young guys learn, you know, learn the system, learn what we was doing. But uh, overall, like I said, whenever you, you get a chance to go to a program like that, it'd be surrounded around people who've been there, you know, veteran guys like those guys from Tebow, them guys. I mean, they make the transition worth it and they make it, you know, worth the time being there.
2: Josh, what was your recruitment like? Who, uh, who are you also looking at besides Florida? Uh,
7: the top two actually came down to Florida and Oklahoma. Uh, I took a few visits. I went down to Pittsburgh, Purdue. I went to a few different schools, went down and actually visit Miami at one point. Uh, but, yeah, it, it came down to those two, man. And then uh, I took a visit out to Oklahoma. The visit was okay. Then I kind of I went to Florida right after they won the championship. And from there, I kind of knew where I wanted to go. Well,
3: that, that's kind of unfair. You came here right after we won the championship. So you know how that was. Right.
7: <laughs> Definitely. And I think that's kind of what will put it over the edge. But you know what, though? Not even so much of y'all coming off a of national championship, honestly. Coming from Jersey is like it's, it's a city. So when I went down, mm. I went out to Oklahoma, it was literally nothing. Like it was like school, win, and no life. You know, I went to <laughs> I went to a little bar. It was like everybody was out in cowboy boots. It was a little country, which is not my type of uh, element. And I, you know, came after the basketball championship. It was more games. It was like more like a city, like a college city. So it was a little more up tempo and totally different. Um, I uh, guess from a living standpoint, out there in games. so. so you guys, said, was, what,
3: was, on, so, so you're trying to say we, we won you over uh, with Club Plasma. That's what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> no, uh, look. So Club Plasma had through his, hey, head, had his Club, head gone. Club Plasma was
1: lit now, but no, nah, I wasn't Plasma. They <laughs> <laughs> got, got, got a VIP section in two bottles and it was good. They were
7: able to have fun outside the ball. You know what I mean? You had a life outside and you going to college
1: and coming home. You know? you was there any coaching shop in the you said what yeah, now? I mean, we all black. Any culture shop is for the Florida dudes. Was there like, anything you said, surprised
7: any you? Yeah. Oh, a culture shop. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? The words, the music. Uh, it, took me, it took me a while to understand kind of how they talk. You know, the dialect down here was, was different. Like, I didn't know what <laughs> the JIT was. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. know you know it was a lot of different <laughs> words they said. I'm like, well, what's that? I was just kind of no, kid. No, about, don't worry, I don't, I don't think they know what it is jit is either. So, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of different <laughs> words. I I had no clue. You know, then we had a guy named um. I hate to say, it, well, Momo. I don't think nobody understood. what Momo said half the time, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it was, it was different. Hey look, so 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 Silk
3: Silk from down there with uh Genora's from in the muck, man. Right.
7: Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yo, yo. So you know, you know, you know Janora's, you know, the boys from the muck. They they speak a, yeah, whole, I got different a whole different language. Yeah, I we got had, a whole different language we get, out
7: there. Yeah, You
3: yeah, get real geeky. Yeah, we got
1: we got it's yeah. like it's like um Ebonics. Slash Patois kind of bro, it's just, it can get real ignorant down there, bro. Yeah, <laughs> shit getting crazy. Oh <laughs> God,
7: like, on. like you got to be from me to understand that. Like that ain't stuff. You just talk in front of
3: Pete. Like you got to be. No, no, yeah, no, cap, uh, no. No cap, though. so hey, You, you, you could, you could testify for this, Dan. I don't know if you knew this, but you know, like, uh, like as you go throughout Florida, they speak different. Like when you in South Florida, yeah. Though, yeah. you guys mm-hmm. speak different. Then when you get to like Tampa, you know, Orlando area. Mm-hmm. Them guys yeah. speak different. Then when you go up, you know, to Tallahassee, them guys speak different. Um, you know, so it, it, it wherever you go in Florida, it's, it's different. You know what I'm saying? Is that is that like that up in Jersey, bro? You, you, say, uh, you said you it was going in and out. You said, what was what like like in Jersey? So, so like so like in, in Jersey, like you know how when you go through Florida, like the South Florida guys speak different. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. sound different from the, the Central Florida guys, and then you know both of those guys sound different from the, the guys from Tallahassee area. Is, is that like that in Jersey? Like, it's different no, parts
7: of Jersey? It's, 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 it's weird because it's like Jersey dialect is kind of similar unless you're talking mob Jersey and just Jersey because the mob kind of speak of the Italians. They got their own little dialect that up north, but really is a difference between like Jersey and New York. New York is like they got their own different up north dialect compared to with how Jersey speaks. So, I mean, we work, I'm like 15, 20 minutes from New York. So, I guess that's kind of equivalent with. I guess Florida being so big of a state, you know, New Jersey and Florida. I mean, New Jersey and New York being so close is kind of similar. But, yeah, it's, it's, they speak different, than we speak. I got you. I got
3: you. So, talk, talk you know, we, we got our subject a little bit. But talk about these Gators again, man. Talk about talk about what, what what's your favorite rival game? Uh, what, what's your best game, you know, you had fun
7: playing as a Gator? Oh, man. <clears throat> it was a few of them. Uh, I want to say probably one of my biggest ones was the uh, LSU game play uh, played in my senior year. You know that was kind of like we had to make a, a name for ourselves. You know we went a year or two wasn't wasn't that good. Uh, and then coming up on my senior year was really the year to make a you know make a stand and say hey you know who are these guys? And uh, it was a game that came down to the wire. I mean playing against a lot of top guys too, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, a lot of those guys that played on the team, and um, we was able to pull it off. You know, um, won a game. It was a big time game. The atmosphere was crazy. It was always a Oh, and it was dope in that thing, because guess shop. what? I was in
3: that thing, too, right on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> i got to believe it. Yeah, I was, it was in that dope. thing. It was, it
5: was
3: dope. Gillis Lee was told that yeah. thing that day, boy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he
1: was. Yeah, he was. He was. That boy, was. That, boy was on, that boy was on a mission that senior year, though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you like, that. I'm, I'm
3: trying to tell you. I, I won a lot of money in the locker room that year, boy. <laughs> I'm trying to tell
1: you. <laughs> hey, Josh, what's your favorite away-saving to player?
7: What fans you like to favorite away. Yeah. What team I like pissing off the most? Ooh. <laughs> I would say, I mean, when I was there, we always whooped Kentucky ass. So it was always fun beating up on Kentucky. They always talked junk and never was able to pull it off until <laughs> a few years
8: ago when they got lucky. But Man, it was always fun. It's
7: I would say uh, Florida State, too. You know what I mean? Time you get to beat Florida State, you know what I mean? On the road, you know, that's always mm-hmm. a good win. You know? Yeah. That,
3: that. Uh, I, I would say I like Tennessee. I. I like going into tendency because it's always so man, they fans be so into the game. I'm talking about they be rowdy, they yeah. be heckling all <laughs> before the game. They be <laughs> talking shit the whole time. I'm talking about you can't even you can't even warm up. They talking all that shit. And as soon as they kick the ball <laughs> off the Brandon James, that shit over with. So I don't even kick out that's over with. As soon as they kick the B James. So yeah, uh, you know, we we ended that real quick. Hey guys, I got a funny story, right? So all right. Let me tell you what Josh did to me one time. So it's the night before the before the Outback Bowl game, before we played Penn State, right? 2010
8: season. <laughs> yeah.
3: For some crazy reason, I'm still I'm I'm tired, bro. Hey Dan. And when I say I'm tired, I'm very tired. I'm extremely tired. <laughs> right. And we we in the, we in the, in the safety spot. So it's like Coach Heater sitting there one seat. It's like, I forget who was right next to him. It's like like Josh and then me. I'm like three or four seats down from Coach Heater, right? Coach Hita don't ask me nothing in the meeting. He stopped asking me questions in the meetings like sophomore year, right? So you know, I, I know he ain't gonna call on me or nothing like that. He always ask the younger guys like, "Hey, what we got on this play?" or you know, uh, try to try to have them guys say it back because he he know I know it. So I whisper over to Josh still. So I say, "Hey, if Coach to get up or if he call on me, man, hit my leg, dog." He say, "All right, cool, man." <laughs> so I don't I don't went to a deep one, bro. Boom, <laughs> I'm gone, bro. <laughs> Next thing you know, I hear Coach to talking about, huh? Am I? Josh ain't even hit my leg, bro. <laughs> 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 my talking to me, bro. He's asking me a question. He asking me. He's asking, like, I, apparently, he asked me who who has to <laughs> tight end from the plate. Josh, what I woke up and said, "What we do?" <laughs> I said, "Oh, he hell asked me about no. the tight end." Hey, I woke bro. up and said, "What we do?" And Coach was like, "There you go." And I got it right. But I'm like, no. <laughs> Listen,
7: <laughs> like, let me explain. Let me explain this story, dog. First of all, my mind always clowned and laughed at the young guys. Nine times out of 10, none of us knew the damn answer. Definitely me and D Finley. We just was kind of, you know, <laughs> learning the system, man. And those guys wouldn't charm in and try to help us at all. You know, I mean? they just got a, a, a kick out of, out of us getting it in me. so this was like my first time where my, like, is literally sleep, like sleep knocked out in the meeting, and Coach called on him, and I couldn't even <laughs> make it helpful to, 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 to bump him to say, yo, wake up. It was kind of like, okay, this the moment where Black got to take the L. <laughs> <laughs> no! It, it was God's gift for him to wake up and say, what we do. And he ain't <laughs> know what was going on. He just was saying, what we do. It just answered it, and I was like, oh, hell no, I don't know. What in Sweet Jesus, then blessed this man, to come up with the right answer. Bro, and I, that? But I don't know. Got it right. All right, and
3: one, and one more, one more guy story, man. I got, man, you guys can take over, man. Hey, so what a lot of people uh, don't know is that interception in the outback bowl um, almost was not possible by <laughs> me. Um, that actually was Josh Evans' play, Dan. Did you know that? So we were in, we were in, you the know man, what? We were in a man free coverage, right? It was man all the way across oh, the board, God. one safety high, right? So we had game plan all week that. Gonna we're not gonna we not gonna drop down and bring the safety and show that we're guarding the tight end. We're gonna play it from depth, right? So about 12 yards off, so you know what I'm saying? All yeah, right, yeah. boom. And also, we already said that if the tight end go in motion, I think we we say we are gonna run with him. We just gonna say, fuck it. If the gigs up, we're gonna run with it. All right. We get out that bitch, all right? The tight end steps out the line, I guess, and go in motion. And Josh went to go run with it. I told Josh, Nah, 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 you straight. I'll take him. So we just rock the road. We just basically, you know, we just switched. So I took the, the tight end and he dropped to the midfield. So really, that was supposed to be Josh's man. That was supposed to be Josh's interception. My bad, dog. Nah,
7: nah. I'm glad you're back on that topic. Let's keep it on that topic for one quick second. Again. <laughs> that wasn't the first time you did that. You see, what I'm saying that wasn't what game you did that? You did that. You did that in the uh, the South Florida game too. I was supposed to be on the left hash, and you knew y'all knew where the ball was going everybody in the state knew where the ball was going. And he was like, yo, Josh, take this side of the field. Mind you, I'm the free safety. The free safety always to one side, the strong safety always to another side. He literally, you could see him on film yelling, yo, come this way. Me not knowing no better. I'm just being a young guy. I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm on the other side. Of
5: the and
7: before you know it, they threw the ball right up and went right to black hands from that day. I said, you know what? He's one of those guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, bro, really. He wants the glory to himself. You know what uh, I mean? He ain't want the young boy to get no shot. You know what I uh, mean? I'm like, this is my first game start, and I got to get me one. You know what I mean?
1: Uh,
2: selfish, bro. bro. Hey,
1: hey. Hey, you played for both coaches. You played for, uh, uh I'm sorry, Meyers. And then my man Mustard came, came in. What, what was the biggest difference between those two guys,
7: man? Oh, man. Just when you thought... Er was enough, I and mean, then you get more chance I mean, he was just as probably if not crazier than Er. Like, you know what I mean? Far from the standpoint of getting after it. But <clears throat> I will say this. As far as the transition that we went through from losing Er, I don't think at that time we could have got a better coach. As much as I hated it and as much as it, it bothered everybody kinda to figure out, mm. you know, he was an asshole, he was tough, he was real strict. Uh, to this day, man, that that man is play a major role in me even getting drafted, me even getting an opportunity to play in the league. You know, him and Dan Quinn and the coaching staff they brought in was guys who really, uh, I guess, educated us and brought us up a notch to understand how to play your position at the highest level. Um, What's the play? Black, for this, you know, my first. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, finish up. Oh, no, I was saying my, my, <clears throat> my first two years, as far as with the safeties, you know, nothing against the scheme we ran, but it wasn't, It wasn't a lot of communication. You had to make a you call, me call. You know what I mean? You might rock and roll here and there. Uh, It was cool. It worked for that system. I mean, they had a bunch of great guys where you really didn't have to do much but in this new system that we ran more of a pro-style defense, the quarterbacks was the safeties of the team. So, me and Matt Elam had to make all the checks. We had to know the fronts. We had to know what the linebackers was doing, what the corners were doing and that actually helped us elevate our game to another level because we understood more about the game of football. But, Go ahead. Uh, what you guys about to say? I was about
1: to ask. Give me some the craziest thing you ever heard Champ say. He's a screamer. So, what's the craziest thing you ever oh, heard Muschamp this, say? I mean, what 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 did Muschamp <laughs> say? Uh,
7: <laughs> you know what? Funny story it was actually with me. So my uh my junior year, my junior year, I was I was having a rough practice. This was actually probably a practice where this was almost about to be it for me. Saying, you know what, I don't even want to play ball no more. Like this, it was one of those. And it was me. When I look back at it, it was me. I wasn't understanding. <clears throat> I wasn't understanding pulls at the time. And my Black kind of know. You know, in that guard pull, you track and replace. You kind of go over a gap or two. There
5: you go. You know where there it goes. Go.
7: Right. <laughs> so, for me, Amad Black and them guys, they was all like, Amad Black was a strong, I was a free. Much champ. I was kind of playing free and strong, so I never really knew too much about being in a box. <clears throat> so, anyway, the guard pull, I didn't track the guard. I got yelled at. But it took every bit of me to not say nothing back because I didn't know why he was yelling at me. So he he going off, he going off. And honestly, it wasn't even so much that he went off. It was the shit he said after that. It was he said something like, Oh, like kill me. And it was like, What? (laughs) (laughs) He's oh, hilarious, gosh, like, you yeah. know what I mean? He threw his hat down and said, kill me. And I was just like, whoa. like <laughs> Damn, like, I, I messed up that dad? You want to kill yourself? Uh, we, we all laughed about it at the end. But, yeah, man, just little stuff like that, you know, you learn. And that's, I guess, that's what practice is for. You know what I was mean? hoping you caught whatever he said to Clay Burton when he came
1: up the sidelines. Bro, that's all over you caught.
7: Oh, man. <laughs> 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 he, it's a, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of crazy stuff, man. It's A lot of stuff, man. Clay. I only want get to that—the whole Clay thing. Jeez, <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna let us to the day of that one, but <laughs> damn, Thank man, you. it was—it was time. It was you know what? It was another time. I think he went off on. Uh, he went off on somebody. I forget the other the guy. It was worse than that. Somebody got it real good. It was the Alabama game. Well, we all probably got cursed off that game, but. Yeah, he he, he get I, after I, it. I, I mean, put, you talk put, about I a broke guy
3: who was losing the whole cell phone that night. You said you broke your phone, your phone that night. Yeah, yeah dog. I, man, <laughs> I just, I was I, I ain't gonna lie. I, I was like, at Winkhouse watching the game, and like, I mean, it, it just got out of hand real fast. And I, just, I call
1: I call I called the first touchdown watching the game with my pops. I'm sitting on the couch and I see the the, the I forget which running back what it was, but he went in motion. He was lined up with uh, I think Antonio Morrison. I can't remember hmm. who it was. I was like, "That's a terrible matchup right there." And this shit like one on one, bro. They snapped mm-hmm. the ball and damn sure, bro, to the crib. I was like, "My God, mm-hmm. I knew that shit from the gate." That was a they, <laughs> Nick, like yeah. Nick knew exactly what what Muschamp would do in that situation, and they got into that situation,
7: oh, that's and a they fact. won the one on one. That was a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. They 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 knew. I mean, they they definitely knew what time it was, but it was after that week. After that week, that's when everything changed. Like we never watched film as a whole team, offense and defense. We watched the entire game, bad plays, good plays, with everybody in there. So, yo, if you messed up, you got called out in front of the team. A lot of people that I was getting embarrassed in there. It was a lot of people who, believe it or not, who ain't want to make a play, who ain't want to hit Trent Richardson. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, talking yeah. big guys too. Now we ain't yeah. talking about a DB, a one hundred and fifty pounder. We talking about a few people who were probably three hundred plus. Who were not in a gap perfectly, you
2: know what mm-hmm. I mean? Hey, you know. Josh, you were you were on the team, you know, when Florida had a pretty prolific office, offense with uh, Tim Tebow. Um, and then towards the end of your career, obviously, it started to stumble a little bit. What is it like to be on defense for a team that's struggling on offense and you guys are, you know, obviously you guys continue to be an elite defense. What is that like? Is it demoralizing or kind of what's going through your head or, or through the team's head in uh, a situation like that? Uh-oh.
8: It's it's tough,
7: you know. It's it's definitely tough. I mean, you talk about definitely being on defense for over seventy and eighty plays. You see, what I'm saying that's a long day for a defense to be out there. You know, yeah. usually you want to stay around. Any, anything between fifty and sixty is a pretty good day, you know, for defense. But um, it's just weird. For like like those two years, you kind of get used to it. You know, uh, as long as I've been at Florida, even as good as the offense to be, I mean, offense was, it always went through the defense. You know, if the defense never played well, that really wasn't a good game, despite what the offense did, you know, what the offense did. So, I mean, you kind of, you know, Florida's known for that defensive mentality to where you kind of used to putting it on your back and used to saying, hey, well, they got to come to us and, you know, it, it start with us, it start up front. So um, it really just became a habit, man, of, you, of guys just knowing, hey, <clears throat> we have to go out there and, and be our best and do our best. And hopefully they speed off of, off of us. But it's always great, man. If you got a good balance, trust me, it, it, it makes the team that much better when the offense can take time off the clock and get the defensive guys a break, and when the defensive guys can kind of help the offensive guys out by making plays and getting in the ball as much time as possible.
2: Man, who was your uh, who was
7: your favorite coach that you had? He, Doug, he? <laughs> nah. Damn, so heat dog, of course. Hell no, that wasn't Heat dog. You know what? It wasn't nothing against Heat. You know, I was just a young guy, and he was an old school coach. You know, and. When you're dealing with old school coaches, they they they, they from the book. You know, you got to actually got your thigh boards on, your hip pads in, you got to be fully equipped. Oh, man, dog. No, hey, hey, man, hey. man, man, so you had every
3: <laughs> you pad gotta be in, no. dog. You got to have every pad in. I you know? want to be, be pretty. I ain't trying to do all that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And like, I want to you know be light. Yeah. I want to be like. I'm not going <laughs> to put
1: no
8: hip <laughs> pads in, a butt pad. bro.
1: You got to have too much weight. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Too my way, like, I gotta be able to get around. Hey, the
8: crowd, in. I gotta go. Run back in the locker room. Yeah, he tell you run back. Nah, in bro, let me tell you what Toshi going do, bro.
3: If bro, if you ain't got no hip pad, he gonna make the trainer go get you some the biggest bro. I'm talking about <laughs> bro. Uh. Hey, you, so uh, <laughs> the next time you ain't gonna want <laughs> to shit. Oh, no. you gonna want to bring your little. <laughs> shit you know what I'm
7: saying that
3: heat. Yeah. So, so question. One more question, man.
7: What's your, what's your score
3: prediction for, for the Miami game? Whoa. Oh, oh That's good. Ooh. Oh, I like... Hold on. Hold, on, hold, on, hold on. All right. Go ahead. Hello? You, I'm, I'm going to ask you one more time because I, I think the beep was in the back. So, uh, okay. one, one more question, Josh, man. I'm going to let you go, dog. Uh, what, what's your uh, score prediction for, for the Miami and uh, Florida game? Uh, I
7: like Florida by two touchdowns, man. Uh, I really do. Oh. I feel like... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I I, I do, man. I, I I like I like what I'm seeing with this team. I'm liking the film. You know what I mean? I see some of the highlights of the practices. I, I, I'm not too crazy about Miami. So I I like Florida by two times.
1: Hey, okay. I gotta ask you, man. Um, Duval, like my second career, bro. I'm a Jaguar fan. So I got I got the uh cheer for you twice, dog. But you ever been to Civil Fox, bro? <laughs> oh
3: man. Uh, <laughs> <been to> <Fox>.
7: Like, yeah, you fact, I don't think I. I might have hey, been. I might have been one time like my rookie year. That was probably about it. Hey
2: What's
1: Dan, it's only that's a one time. Hey bro, Hey, let
2: me ask any questions over here. That question was not directed towards me. <laughs> hey Dan, you're the Fox, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> black <laughs> man. I'm I can, can't hear
3: you. Man. Man. I can't hear you. Look, Dan, want to be quiet? No, I never. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna, you, I'm gonna tell you. I'm tell you a story, man. I'm gonna tell you a story about Silver Fox. So, uh, I go up <laughs> to Jacksonville, like I said, my all, all my family's from there. You know what I'm saying? Like most of it was my mom's side. They're from Duval. My mom's graduated at Rains, so I'm up there all the time. Okay. We go to um, my cousin get married. After the, the the wedding, he goes off with his wife. You know what I'm saying? They got whatever they got going on, honeymoon stuff. So me, my cousins, everybody, like, what are we gonna do tonight? It's like, hey man, let's hit start Silver Fox. I, I'm out of town, bro. I've never been there, so I don't know what's going on. Okay, where are you guys going? I'm down. Get dressed. Keep in mind my wife with me. Key important part. My, my wife's with me. <laughs> and Silver Fox is a script club, but it's, it's, it's real ratchet, real, real ghetto. Oh, real ratchet. You know what I'm saying? It goes down. Yeah. yeah. So we pull up. I don't know any of this. Keep it all in mind. I don't know what I'm, I'm pulling it up to. So we get there, uh, get to the door. There's a metal detector. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? First, before I got to mm-hmm. the medical, they, they, me, they warned me down before I got to the medical detector. So I was like, this is a lot of security. I uh, kind of figured something happened in the past, but I know I'm safe in here tonight because it's a metal detective. So as soon as I get in, there's a mini bar. As soon as you walk in, and they're like, it's a two-drink minimum. I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, I'll buy my drinks when I get inside, you know? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they was like, no, you got to buy them <laughs> now. I was like, What? So I got to buy both drinks now. in the club with well, me and my 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 wife, both got two drinks in our hands. Like, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. So we bought two drinks. As we about to go through another door, there's another metal detector. I was like, what kind of establishment <laughs> is this, bro? <laughs> 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 like, what am that, I walking though. into? Oh, I, like Fox my, was my really wife is there. disturbed. Yeah, she don't hang out like that. So she just she's kind of concerned. She's like, what is this? So we go inside. We just chilling. Uh, extra ratchet. I mean, oh, I'm trying. It's going down. People, people,
3: people, throwing money. Go ahead, bro. What's up? You said question. I said, I said, of course, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. It's going down. We having we having a
1: good time. People throwing money. I Honestly, so we having they having a good time. I'm just posted up, kind of chilling. Uh, wasn't really tipping because nothing was tip worthy in there, bro. So we just chilling <laughs> on the wall. I had to finish my little drinks. Uh, the bouncer comes over. He says, Hey, you got a tip, sip, or dip? I don't know what. I'm like, What? What, is, what does that mean? How long? Wait. Uh, uh, I ain't never heard <laughs> that one, but that's crazy. You nah, can't just that, shit. He, he said, that, You got to nah, tip, sip, or dip. You got to be tipping the, with the girls, buying a drink, or you got to go. <laughs>
3: that's crazy. So,
1: we love, bro. tipping. Yeah. Left, I, Yeah, I had to get up out of
7: there. But shout out to the Silver Fox, man. Good, good
1: old time. Good old
7: Duval, man. Good old Duval. Give me a good Duval story, bro. How you like Jacksonville, dog? Jacksonville, good, man. You know, it's been good to me. You know, I was fortunate to build a lot of connections while I was here. You know, rub a lot of elbows, kiss a lot of babies, shake a lot of hands. (laughs) You know, during my time here and, uh, I guess it, it, it helped a lot going to a school like Florida and going right up the street to, to Jacksonville. So um, it helped a lot, man. You know, I opened up a fitness gym about a year ago, Level Up Fitness Jacks here nice. by the beach. The gym was going pretty good. Just closed on two rental properties out here just from networking and meeting people. So just slowly but surely, nice. man, figuring out the different streams of income. And like I said, meet more important people and figuring out ways to, you know, become
2: my own boss, man.
1: That's what life is about, bro. Hey, uh, Josh, uh, you, you played, played the. Hey,
2: Josh, you played in Go the ahead, AAF. What was, what was that like? What was that experience like?
7: You know what? <laughs> it's funny you ask.
2: Uh, that, it, it
7: was cool, totally different. You know, totally different. Far as playing on a pro level and playing there, um, I guess because it was the first year, they was trying to get things acclimated, get things adjusted. I think it was cool, a good. Uh, a good start to help a lot of guys who was trying to, you know, get back in get back in and get a name for themselves. But uh if I had to go it all over here again, I probably wouldn't. I don't think I would no. be a part of that
2: what was it no. like uh on with uh with Spurrier as your head coach? Was he was he funny, was he in it, was he engaged, I and mean, what was that experience like? Oh man, yeah, Spurrier was funny, man. He
7: was funny. I mean he'd get after it of course too, but uh funny guy, you know, um offensive minded guy, clearly. Um, and cool to be around. I mean, he was off on yeah. winning. I mean, he knew what it took to win. You know, a guy did this for years. I, mean, I can say nothing bad about. Uh, you know, the ball coach. And
2: then you got a ring, right? Absolutely not. He got a ring. No. Oh god. No, Damn.
7: So flavors. He guy. was wearing that
2: ring around. I thought he got it for all you guys.
7: Oh man. I ain't know. Know. Did. getting
2: no damn ring. Ah. <laughs> um.
3: uh. Okay. Wow, we ain't getting none of that. All right, man. Josh, thanks for coming to hang out with us, man. We appreciate you. Um, you know, like I say, man, you're you a gator great. Uh, you did some great things. Um, made some some great plays for the gators and, and in the in the league, man. So um a lot of guys hey, look hey, up t- hey, to you whether you know it or not. Hey dog. Black,
1: hey Black, hey Black, before we get them appreciate off here, it. hey, you and Duval, bro, we we're gonna do something um real big for that Florida Georgia game. This this podcast, we're setting up something, bro. Uh, fall through hang out with us, dog. For sure, for sure.
7: Yeah, definitely. Let me know. That's easy. Yeah, for sure, man. we will
1: gonna hang yeah, out and do, do some it. things in Jacksonville that weekend.
7: Okay. All right.
3: Appreciate your bit, dog. All right. Alright, fella.
2: Man, go Gators.
1: Mm. Josh Evans. Action packed show. Talk yeah. about. I think it's our best one.
2: And yet, yet um, hey, I want to give a shout-out to uh, – we shout-out uh, our Patreon account. The I guess the last couple weeks now, we appreciate everybody that's donated. Uh, We've got a few more people that donated since last week. If you want to check us out, that's Patreon. That's dot com slash Stadium and Gale. Uh, part of those perks that we said is that we would ask some exclusive uh, questions for those folks. Uh, so this one – uh, comes to us from Whisk 71 He said, uh, I guess this question's for both of you guys. What do you see uh, Emory Jones' role this year? Is it something like Tim Tebow's freshman year or more of a series here or there or mainly mop-up duty against teams like Miami when we are three scores up on them? So, uh, Silk, what do you think?
1: I think it's more like Tebow's freshman year. Uh, I think we see a lot of uh, Emory packages. Uh, maybe at the goal line or short thirty-one situations, Fourth and one situation, they bring him in and give you some great read action, make the defense kind of think you you can't pass the ball, but you also can run it. So I think scheming wise and just from that standpoint, advantage wise, I think Dan Muller definitely uses him quite a bit. I don't th- I, I, definitely in blowouts, but he's gonna play meaningful downs. If he played him last year as a true freshman, he's definitely gonna play some this year.
2: Uh, you ever see a, a situation where Florida might have him and Emory Jones or? Uh... Emery Jones and Felipe Franks on the field at the same time? And Tony. Woo! That's, th-
3: that's three passes.
2: <laughs> hey, Black, what do you think?
3: Yeah, for sure. He definitely has some packages uh, uh, similar to Tebow's freshman year. Um, I think he may get a little bit more playing time. Um, I think it all depends also on on, on who we playing and, and what their scheme is. And um, I think Dan Mullen is going to scheme him up a little bit. Um, like I said, the more options, the better. Uh, for us, uh, I know we got guys all over the field that, you know, he can definitely get the ball to. So, um, you know, you know, it's, it's up to us and, and the scheme um, of the team that we're playing.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I definitely see a, a lot of Emory Jones this year. I think that you're going to see him in all 12 games at some point. Uh, you know, I, I think that he he brings something different than Felipe Franks does in, in terms of, uh, his running ability, which is a little bit different than Felipe Frank's. Uh, and, you know, I think we've seen him improve his passing quite a bit uh, as well. I guess with that being said, this is kind of an extension to that question. We know that Emory Jones is probably your your most athletic backup quarterback right now. But do you think that there's a chance that we'll – we've heard some good reports about Kyle Trask. Do you think there's any chance that we see him this year?
1: I think we do. I think we see Kyle uh... – I think we see Kyle the first game. I think we see all. I think we see. Here's my take. <laughs> the first game, bro. I think we see all three of Miami quarterbacks. and We see all three of Florida quarterbacks. You know what yeah, I'm saying? For think d- see, very
2: different reasons, but for, for,
1: for different for different reasons for sure, Dan. You know what I'm saying? Um, we're gonna let some guys get some reps up in this cupcake game, and they're gonna be trying to find a guy. You know what I'm saying? And, and if Tate's gone, whoever that third guy is, he's gonna get some reps too. If it's a walk on. My dude, your dream is going to come true. You're going to get to play against the Gators.
2: And, uh, yeah, I, You know, it's funny. We talked about it. It was, I think it was on the, the first episode that we ever did of this. I think that there's a chance that Emory Jones plays more than Kyle Trask, but that Kyle Trask might be listed as the backup quarterback. That if Franks went out, I think that you might see Kyle Trask step in as the starting quarterback, maybe over Emory Jones, although I do think that there's going to be a lot of packages for Emory Jones. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, here's another question uh, from Robert Shea. He said, "We know the tough games: Auburn, LSU, Georgia. What are the other potential trap games we can't afford to lose to Missouri or UK this year? Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? You guys have one game this season that you think might be a trap game? I, I don't uh, even like. I don't like the word trap. I
3: mean, we, guys, we got to understand all the SEC. teams we play.
2: Yeah, yeah, every week we
3: have to go out and play. No. Absolutely, it, 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 it's no disrespect to our fans at all." It, it, we got to stop being spoiled, thinking that we're going to go in there yeah. and beat Kentucky every time, Vanderbilt every time. Um, wow, them teams playing. Yeah, those teams are very good teams. So um, they may not you know, recruit the same caliber, uh, same guys as us, but the same somewhat caliber. Um, those are SEC guys. So I, I don't like the word trap game. Um, I feel like we got to go out and play every week. Um, like I said, we don't got to be the best team in the, in the nation, but we got to be the best team in that stadium that day. Um, and everything else will carry itself. I'm listen,
1: uh, this is my take, bro, just from like a fan perspective. And I don't know how you feel about this shit, Black, but those weird SEC West matchups, bro, like we won't play Auburn all the time, it's always weird to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I I, I hate those games. Like, even when the year we won with T Ball, the national championship, we lost to the SEC West team. Mm-hmm. I think I think us playing those teams, I'm, I think Dan Mother's familiar with those teams because he's coached on the West most of his career. But normally that those games bother me when we're playing an SEC West team that we normally don't play.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, we, all, we have Auburn this year uh, and then LSU the week after that. So we got the back-to-back SEC West games. You know, I think Correct. the Florida schedule actually lines up pretty nice. They have Miami, then they have a bye, uh, and then they have four, five, six weeks, seven weeks in a row of games. Tennessee, Martin, Kentucky, Tennessee, Towson, Auburn. I think that Auburn's good, but I think they're being overhyped right now. I think that Matt Baker, uh, overhyped them on the offensive side of the ball. I think they have a good defense, but I'm not sure that they're going to be able to put it all together. Same with LSU. They're ranked really high. I don't know if they'll be able to put it all together, but anyway, so then we have South Carolina and then we have a week off against Georgia and Vanderbilt and Missouri. So I think that that gives them a few, you know, a week to be able to prepare for those three. Cause I think that that's a really tough stretch, uh, because you have a really emotional game against Georgia where I know Florida expects to be what eight, no, uh going into that game. Uh, Vanderbilt, uh, they played us tough last year. I know that Florida was able to to pull out a victory against them last year. And then Missouri, who's had Florida's number basically since they joined the SEC, except for a couple uh, of games. And then they have a bye week before Florida State. So I think that they've got a pretty favorable schedule. I do think that that Auburn-LSU matchup might be tough because then you have South Carolina right after that. So if there is a potential trap game, if you will, uh, quote unquote, I think that South Carolina game, who I don't think is that good. A team, but it comes off two really emotional games uh, of Auburn and LSU, and then Georgia is, you know, two weeks after that. So, so we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, so if you want to, uh, you know, help us, and like I said last week and the week before, all the money that we're doing with Patreon is to be able to, to give back to you guys and the in terms of doing some tailgates and doing some special events that we have and that we're talking about. So again, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com uh, slash Stadium and Gale if you, want to, uh, if you want to donate money to our Patreon account. And then if you're looking for uh, to be an advertiser uh, on the show, we've had a few people reach out to us and we're, we're still uh, in discussions with them and we're trying to figure out some segments and stuff like that. But if there's anything that you guys uh, might be interested in advertising with us we we'll would definitely uh, be interested in, in in absolutely tell you a little bit more. Already.
1: Uh, local venues, mom and pop shops, anything around Gainesville, you got a product, you want to advertise anything. Um, we're uh, promoting advertising, do what we got to do. And also for the patrons, we're going to start dropping some shows early. Um, uh, hopefully we, we can started, getting them done where they can get them a the night before. Um, Cam will have to do a little bit more work, but that's something we can offer for <laughs> Patreon as well. Hey, my hey, my work, bro. You know what I'm saying? They can't work a
2: little harder,
8: bro. <laughs> I'm you. Hey, they're <laughs> usually ready on time.
2: Right? Usually.
8: Yeah,
2: one time. <laughs> one time. Oh, man. You guys want to get some callers on the show tonight? Let's hang out a little bit, man. All right.
0: You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale.
8: Hello, hello.
1: Yeah, hey, no, it's is just... Steve McGill, man. We hanging out. What's going on?
7: Man, what the? Uh, hold on. I don't even know if I should say this on here, but what the fuck is up, dog? It's Tez, bro. Tez, what's yeah. going <laughs> on? <There's
5: laughs> what's, the word, what's the
7: word?
8: What's the uh, word. Yeah, uh, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, look, so so first
7: off, let me let me go ahead and say this to y'all boys, man, because I know everybody been saying this, so I want to be on the track. So, shit, congrats to all y'all boys, man, because this shit right here, this another level type shit right here. So, on ah, Dan, Silk, this this, is some shit right here. This some shit. Uh, so, uh, I appreciate that, y'all bro. boys giving give me a call, it. bro.
8: All that shit. So, what's hey, out, how you doing, bro? How you doing? Man, I'm I'm, I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm straight. We, we chilling out here. You know, uh, I'll be in Orlando next week. So, football is back, baby. What? So how you doing?
7: Back. what's got on your mind, dog? So shit, I mean, to be honest, I'm just ready for this game, dog. I mean, they announced this. Uh oh, shit. What what y'all think about this dude getting, you know, announced as the starting
1: quarterback? We talked about it on the show a little bit already, dog, but I mean it's it's a red shirt freshman, first start. Uh he ain't even seen he haven't seen a starting down since he was in high school. You know what I'm saying? Uh uh, Todd Grantham, complex defense. The type of looks they're gonna give him. He got a starting left tackle. I just think it's too much for them to handle. Game one, bro. Uh, I think Manny eventually is gonna be a decent coach, but this is the bad matchup for him, bro. He's gonna get a, a rude awakening.
7: Yeah, I, I honestly seen on the timeline, you know, a couple of days ago that yeah, and I, and I agree with this, this this statement that somebody made. But I, I think it's gonna be a good first quarter game. I mean, just for yep. rivalry sake, you know what I mean. Yep. And then. It's just gonna show who the better team is. It really is, and I and and honestly, this whole time I've been confident, but to to be more honest, now that they announced this, it's just I, I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> Like
8: they had some trouble, though. Yeah.
7: I mean, second year Dan is just different. It's different. No. So, I don't even. I don't know, but but I, I don't know if y'all really want to talk about this, but I need to ask on my something real quick though. So. We're good with
2: you, three five. Hey, we're we're about so we're about to start a new segment called Ask A Ahmad. And we're just gonna have people call in. Yeah, uh, soon come. I <laughs> will <laughs> be hey, I'm so dope though. So. We're starting so a new segment gone. right now. Ask Ahmad, featuring Tez.
8: All right, there you go. Hey, it is what it is. I take that. So Ahmad, so with you being on one of the best
7: defensive back teams that I I can say personally
8: what do you agree and
7: don't be, I mean, it's more not biased than anything, but do you think y'all play for the best defensive, you know, squad in the nation ever?
3: Nah, man. Hell nah. And that, that ain't even, that's just me being realistic. I mean, we put up some great stats, you know, and some, some crazy numbers, um, especially for, for some guys who were, you know, uh, per se young, um, we, we you know, we, we, we were a young team out there. So, um, I don't think we were the best ever. Now you know were we? You know one of the one of the best. Yeah, cool. Of course, you know because like I say, we had some great guys, um, you know, talented guys uh, all the way across the board, safeties and corners. So um, yeah, I was I, more
7: I'm more worded that wrong. I meant I meant just the University of Florida.
3: Uh I wouldn't even say that. <laughs> I mean, some, so, it was some it was some great secondaries that came through. Man, that one with Marcus May and all them guys in it, um, and, and Hargraves and stuff. That, that, that was fifty. Yeah, man, that was filthy uh, back in the day, man. Uh, Fred uh, Weary and all them guys, and Kiwan and kiwan and uh, Alito, uh, That was that was dope, you know. So uh, yeah, it's it been some great secondaries, but we, we, we definitely one of the top ones though, um, especially for the uh, productivity that we put out. Well, I appreciate
8: that. I've been wanting to ask you that for years,
7: dude. No, ah, to rap with you about it, though. Ain't no pressure. You know? man. And Dan, Dan, I appreciate you getting Ross uh, release that album on my birthday, Brody.
2: Uh, you got it, bro. I, uh, him and I were talking a long time. He he got me to hype up uh, uh, his song a couple weeks ago on the uh, on the podcast. Got everybody a little hype, and then, <laughs> and then <I> was like, <laughs> okay. he, he said he wanted to wait a couple weeks. I had to make a couple phone calls, but uh, anything for you, my man.
8: Hey, dude! Wow, man, you wow, bro. But I appreciate hey. you still. <laughs> hey, already it's going down already. in a week, dog.
2: Yeah, I already
7: know how we week, week,
1: do, baby. <laughs> hey, hey. It's going down. I- Hey, just so y'all know, man, at the LSU game last year, me and Taylor got the game together. The the game. So we went through the whole emotional roller coaster together. And at the end, we parted like like some rock stars together. That shit was (laughs) wild, bro. It was rocking,
7: bro. It was definitely the best game I ever been to in the swamp.
1: Definitely, absolutely, bro. That bitch was rocking, man. Shout out to Andy Lee. Shout out to Andy
7: Lee. Got to put that out there.
1: Already, the The homer in. Yep,
7: yep. Already, yep. But man, Man, I I appreciate y'all boys calling, man. For sure, I know y'all boys got stuff to do, but appreciate appreciate y'all. I call Cam. Appreciate you reaching out, bro.
2: And we appreciate you, uh, you Taz. We'll get you back on in the future, my man.
1: Already. Alright, ready, bro. Hold it down. See you in Orlando. Alright, bro. Alright, bro. My man. Contest. Come on, show, man. We got another call. We got my man on here. Herbal, what's going on, baby?
8: I swear, I thought you niggas was the police, bro.
1: <laughs> we might be the police, bro. What you got on your mind, dog? You got uh, warrants?
8: Man, I saw no call ID, bro. That's all I saw. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. We well, are government now, so I can't be doing that. <laughs> Man, uh, I got a question, though. Uh, is all these Miami niggas on Twitter retarded? <laughs> I don't know if laugh at that,
3: bro. Man, listen, bro. Listen. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who to troll now. Man, Everybody she, retarded. Look, so... <laughs> I I, I, I man, listen. Sometimes you just gotta let them tweet to themselves, dog. <laughs> I mean, every day, every day I open my, I refresh my Twitter. It's, it's a Miami fan, bro. I'm like, I ain't I'm fly like, out to I, you, bro. Bro, I, just, I just let them, they, like, they have whole conversations by themselves, and they just, and they just bro, tweet I'm, to themselves.
8: I'm confused, cause they got the little dude. Something. He uh <laughs> watches the news. He watching the news <laughs> like his game film. <laughs> I don't get it. They got the one nigga with the shades on <laughs> doing hype videos outside. That nigga confusing. They got on the 35. <laughs>
3: do I don't
8: know what's going on with these niggas. <laughs> they still about to get ran. I don't know what these niggas talking about. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a- a- absolutely, but a- to me it's entertaining, bro. You gotta like this game is not fun if they just lay down. You know what I'm saying? They gotta, they gotta say something. And it's just more material, bro. Like, I'm enjoying this stuff. I've been there. Bro, bro you've yeah. been there. you Mate, They're just the getting ball. their giggles
2: off now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> When the <laughs> ball snapped, the giggles stop. This, we've been
1: there. This is all the fun. This is, yeah, this is all right here
8: for them. <laughs> I'm just mad I can't use all my material because they got these short bus niggas out there. I'm just... <laughs> I got stuff in the drafts right now I can't use. I don't hey, know. Hey, bro, you, you're, you're a big
1: three roll-up call, bro. I don't know if you're a stadium to get call. Man. I'll be honest with
8: you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I can't say all this stuff on a big three roll-up. Uh, Kev's getting yeah, in sevens again. Right. Right, nah. Bro. Bro. Stay with booed boo you All I'm saying is just that when we run through them, all the drafts getting through, I'm going to let them all out. I don't care about none of that. Let them fly, dog. All right.
1: Appreciate you going hanging out with us. All right, bro. We'll see, bro. All right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think Herbal was sleep, bro. I'm being,
2: <laughs> he's I'm being something, active.
1: bro. <laughs> uh-huh. Herbal fresh he's, off of a, a, a
2: food coma, dog. I promise And <laughs> hey, we've all been there, just laying on your couch, just watching TV. Somebody called you, like, yeah, yeah. 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 Just your phone, your phone's rain. resting on your ear. You got your head turned to the side so it doesn't fall out. We all been there. All right boys, we need to wrap this up. So yeah, man. I, think the, I think the song's yours, bro. There you go. The song's mine.
3: Yeah. Hey, if, if you don't if you know if you don't if you don't want it, man, we're just gonna have to go songless because
4: I don't know if we get Dan
3: two weeks we in a row. we we definitely can't get that bitch to dan. That, that, <laughs> that, we can't give him, we can't give him two weeks. He ain't heard that right yet. He, he, had, he, he,
1: he just got the roast. Go, but, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, you know.
1: Man, I've been I've been I've been heavy gunner lady, bro. So I'm gonna go some old gunner top off. You know what I'm saying? Bet sure. They said gunner, you the best. I like the way he started that bitch. Let's ride, baby. Cam, let's go.
0: Yeah, my nigga, we we really popping this shit for real, nigga. Yeah. No cap, boy. Yeah. No rap cap. Yeah. I took the top off. Yeah. I'm dripping like hot sauce. Yeah. I got drinking this clean rock. Yeah. Baby, give me that mean mouth. Hit yeah, that pussy like golf, like golf ball. I can do this without y'all. I got a loss, I go out I go back to the trap house. Read the bitch and the bells down Catching in and I cash out Turn that shit to a stash house I ain't taking no handouts When they calling, I'm in route But them niggas, they been down Blow back when I'm in town Is it gonna you the best? I done win and got a check i am about to buy the flicks It's an automobile kit Rockin' diamonds on whip I can water around my neck I done start to worry less When I bought my bitch lips I take my fridge. Free. Niggas sending me threats. Send I done bought another vest. I'm protecting my flesh. Protect. Niggas my back. my the front on my head. Perfect. I don't hear no wrecks. I can never get attacked. Uh. I should know I like a now. I got back on my feet now. I can take out my team down. I'ma hold my whole team down. Niggas hate I don't see how. Made it out of the dumb south. And I don't even know how. About to pull me a Benzo, out. I took the top off. I'm dripping like hot sauce. I got drinking this clean raw. Yeah, clean Baby, raw. give me that mean mouth. Hit yeah. yeah, that pussy like golf ball. Like golf I can ball. do this without y'all. Without Call a yeah. loss, I don't I got locked out. Yeah. I go back to the drop house. Yeah. Spread the piss in the bells down. Catching it and I cash out. I cash Turn out. that shit to a stash house. A stash I ain't out. taking no handouts. no handouts. When they calling, I'm in route. I'm in Fuck them route. niggas, they bitten down. Blow it back when I'm in town. Man yeah, town. I do when I'm in town. I just tryna stay inbound. inbound. And I'm making my cash, cash Gunna cow. Gonna came with his own sound. It's we ain't in this flow now. I'm smoking it so loud i been bringing these hoes out Gonna get in his zone now Eat a green salad Yeah, nigga still rapping Rex, got me relaxing Bought me a gold paddy Flyin' on flesh Yeah, nigga we heaven Tell me your profession We gang back and active Why I sell legends I shit in like a scene now, I got back on my feet now. I can take on my team down, I'ma hold my whole team down. Niggas hate I don't see how, made it out of the dumb south. Then I don't even know how, bout to pull me a Benz out. I took the top off, I'm dripping like hot sauce. I got drinking this clean raw, baby give me that mean mouth. Hit yeah, that pussy like golf ball, I can do this without y'all. Call the loss, I got lock out. I go back to the drop house, Spread the bricks and the bells down. Catching in and I cash out. Turn that shit to a stash house. I ain't taking no handouts. When they callin' I'm in route. For them niggas they bend out. Blow back when I'm in town.